Today's episode of the Back of the 135 podcast is brought to you by Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. You know, personally, I use on my phone Spotify because I subscribe to it for my music and podcast. But you know, since I've got an Android mobile phone, I also use a Stitcher to listen to all my favorite podcasts. Download these apps from the Google or Apple stores now. The Back of the 135 podcast is also brought to you by the West West Network. Check out our social media pages on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Also, check out the content on our website at www.westwestnet.com. We are proud to announce the release of the West West Network's newest podcast show called Channel 135 which is a podcast about our favorite past and present television shows, documentaries, and movies that are available now on demand on all streaming services here in New Zealand. We will be reviewing a random episode from a random program on each of the Channel 135 podcast episodes. So we recorded our first episode in the weekend. I had myself, Eric, and Stace in the studio to to discuss an episode from the game of thrones season five episode eight called hard home so look look out for it on spotify so that dropped uh, last night okay our guest on this episode of the back of the 135 podcast hails from henderson this also is a chef he has been around the world working for Cirque du Soleil, his current company he's working for, the COVID situation around the world has brought him back home to West Auckland. So yeah, man, it was good to get the the brother on the podcast to talk about his his career, doing what he does best. So yeah, man, hopefully you guys have a full stomach when you're listening to this, because if you don't, man, all we did was talk for two hours about food, make you hungry. So anyway, I hope you guys enjoy this. Please welcome. I call him the number one chef in New Zealand, but he he settles for West Auckland. Please welcome Charles Bergen. I was just thought like I used to do on the um, Pierre at Kema. He was in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to go and tell the boys to come on their lunch break. Oh, that was Steve Topper, eh? Yep. Yeah. I was just telling you before, like, you're like the fourth, uh, <clears throat> one of the fourth people to come through from our illustrious Kema days. Like the first, I think the first one we had was Rob Lucy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then Steve Topper. Seems mm-hmm. like must be something about that Kema. Uh, yeah, who was the third? Oh, shucks. No, there was a third. Like, Rob Lucy. Who's that guy that you guys bullied? Oh, no, we didn't bully, man. <laughs> Who, Mark Warren? That was Mark. That was it. That was, that was Rob. That was uh, the other boys. Oh, Mark, you know, Mark Warren was the ex-LST boy, so, I, you know, me and John used to treat him well. I was just the Citizen High boys, you know. 
You know? <laughs> I didn't work with you guys in the back. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why you were up at the front, you know, with the with the shirt and tie. Uh, yeah, I was you were, the photo guy. Yeah, you, you were part of the black shirt, the black shirt gang. No. Yeah, man. Charles, man, good to have you on uh, on the back of the 135 horse. Thanks for coming, Charles. No, thank you for inviting me. I feel privileged and honoured to be here. Thank you. <laughs> Today is the there was a one o'clock announcement by the government. Everyone was thinking, hey, should we actually go to level two? Because there's been a lot of cases going on around. But now we are going to level two. The midnight tonight. This lockdown, Charles, how has affected your work? Obviously, um, for me, it's uh, hasn't affected me too much because I was um, working overseas, so. Um, I came back in March, just before the lockdown. So I've been helping out friends, like temporary, but not full time. Because hopefully I get to, well, go back overseas soon. That's the plan, or I'm not too sure yet. Like I'm trying to um, do some projects here, like to try and help uh, like people here in New Zealand like that can't get a good start or need a restart. So oh, yeah. I'm looking at doing something like that back home. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's me, man. Like, um, what's the feedback that you've got? Because, you know, you've been in the hospital um, industry for quite a while now. Um, what are your friends? Uh, what kind of feedback are you getting back from your friends? Because I know that the small businesses and restaurants are probably the ones that have been hard, like, hit the hardest. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like, um, friends here and overseas, um, I feel bad for them because they've had to close down business because they can't survive. You know, so a few uh, friends have gone under and lost their business, you know, because they they can't afford to be open. But it's weird. It's not like the small places, too. It's a lot of really big, big restaurants, like big famous restaurants that have closed down, too, because they can't afford to um, to survive and reopen and how the government wants them to do it. You know, like, um, say, like a pub will have, I think, I don't know, level two, you have to have a waiter every table. So if you had to do that at a big uh, fancy place, then your wage cost is going to be higher than yeah. what your profit would be. But a lot of them are doing it tough. Hmm. You know, um, since you're the number one chef in New Zealand... Oh, oh, I, say, I say West Auckland. West Auckland, maybe. West Auckland, maybe. Well, I know you're the number one chef that came out of Kmart Henderson. Yeah, probably Kmart. Maybe, maybe behind, uh, behind Jeffrey Yover and Randall over there. Or maybe Nina Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man. Yeah, so you mentioned you came back from overseas. Where, where were you before? And before when you came back in March? Where were you before? Uh, I was in Germany. Oh, yeah. yeah. And were you working for a restaurant there? Or? No, no. Um, so... For the last 10 years, I've been working for Cirque du Soleil. Yeah, oh, okay. So, yeah. been traveling. So, they have a big top show. So, I just, wherever the show goes, I go. So, mm. oh, so for the last 10 years, before that, you were just on the road? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, before I went to work with them, I was working in um, restaurants here in Auckland. And mm. then I went to Australia and worked a little bit there. But it's oh, been yeah. pretty awesome to be traveling around and seeing different things, you know. Yeah. Man, the Cirque Soleil, you know, that's like the biggest, you know, um, when you see um, their posters and the um, advertisements, because they're always evolving, eh? Like there's different kind of shows all the time. How how did you how did you manage to score that gig? Because I know, like when you see it, like besides all, when you, like they're big, they have big um, shows and and they go to places where they they sell out. You know, um, how did a how did a guy from Henderson End up um, traveling the world for ten years with like the you know a show like that. 
Uh, well, I think I'm lucky. Like I was probably in the right place at the right time. Um, I just came back from Sydney, and I talked to an old tutor of mine, and he put me on to a guy that was in charge of the um, like um, tour, like it's called tour services. So they look after the tour, so like kitchen, lodging, like uh, flights and everything. So he was in charge of that, and he reached out to me and. Uh, just basically a lot of process of interviews, so I had to um, fly myself over there. Well, kind of in a sense to kind of do an interview. So like I had what money I had, I saved up, and they were in North America, so I flew over there and and kind of did an interview face to face and um, cooking as well, like cooking some food and and stuff like that. I'm just lucky, lucky pushed for me, so. But they were happy I committed to actually going over myself. I was going to say, like, that's a big... Um, we had um, JM's on, and he was talking about how he took a big leap of faith of leaving his job, and then, like, you know, he's pursuing his music career. And I was just thinking, no, like, you just took what you had, and you're flying to you're flying all the way over to America to a job that you don't even know that you're, you know, guaranteed. So, I mean, well, that must have been nerve-wracking for you, eh? It was a little bit nervous because, um, uh, like, I haven't really been anywhere that far before. Like, I've only been to Australia, which is is close, or Thailand, but that was on a holiday. This was a little bit different. Like, I was, um, wasn't second-guessing myself, but it was worrying because it's a lot, like you said, to turn up and not know anyone, you know? And yeah. It was good. I'm happy I did it. it. Was I thought if not anything, it would be a good opportunity for me to to try anyway. Mm. At that point, um, how how much experience have you had in, in your career at that point? Um, at that when, point when you left, to when go I to left, probably I've had probably ten years. Oh, from that point, oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. So yeah. it was I had enough, but it was um, nothing I've never done before because um, I've only ever worked restaurants and it was always pretty structured. Yeah. Like we knew what we had to do, like um, turn up to work, this is your job from when you start to when you finish. Where the day is a little bit different because um, you're cooking for, like uh, we had, um, I think we had on our show, we had maybe 40 nationalities on our show. Yeah. So it was a little bit So you're trying different. to cater to the different kind of tastes in that? So going from, yeah, so going from working in a restaurant, you're cooking like a la carte, to go into like uh, the circus and cooking, like a, it's almost like a family kitchen, yeah, yeah. like a big um, buffet that's always turning over. So that was a little bit different for me to try and do because I've never been, I've never done that before or catering. I've only done just restaurant work. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah. Man, how's Soleil doing now? Because with the COVID thing happening around the world, yeah. it must have put a dent in their business. Yeah, it has. So. Mm. So what's happened is um, all the people that are touring, like it, they call it like a big top, which is like a circus, like a mm. tent. They have arena shows, which would do like um, Victor Arena or Spark. Um, all those sort of shows have closed down for now. So the only shows that are happening at the moment is um, Las Vegas and there's one in Mexico. That's it. So apparently, so maybe... Four or five thousand people are not working at the moment. Yeah, that's wow. So they had to kind of let go of people and 
So the company got bought out by a company from Canada because that's where the company's from, right, French Canadian. So they brought the company again. Um, so what I've been what I've been told is they're trying to restructure, but obviously with COVID, there's That's nothing a, nothing yeah. we can do. You know, yeah, yeah. can't travel anywhere, mm. and no one can be anywhere with big gatherings. You know. So are you still contracted to them some some way? Um, uh, we are, but um, we're free to go and work if we want to work somewhere else. Mm. Until you get caught back yeah. in, or but I think at the moment, if nothing comes around in another month, I think what they will do is just let all those people officially go, and pay them out, and probably wait until the world probably mm. opens up again, because mm. a lot of it's based on travel and and tourism. You know, sorry, man. Going back to like, so when you. Um, when you went over for your interview and they and you got they got you to cook for you, for them and did they say to you um, did you come back to New Zealand or did you just wait wait over in America till you got the I, know, I had, to, had to come back home oh okay so you came back home and they sent like they they contacted you and they said fly over to back up here or how did that work um, so I went over there did the interview with the boss cooking. And then I well, what, Do you remember what they made you cook? I had to cook vegetarian food. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and was like, and you're, oh. you're coming from an island background, so you got a. So you in an background, so you got a special. Quinoa, kale. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was. I mean, I knew something about vegetarian, but my knowledge wasn't mm. to Look, where, yeah. where it could have been, but I did okay, but. It was pretty daunting because I said, man, I only cook meat or fish. Yeah, you know, yeah. I don't know anything about. Vegetarian, you know, because they wanted something healthy and light. You know, they didn't want something like uh, most people back in the day would just cook a risotto because it's rice, but it's a lot of carbs. It's too heavy. Yeah. Mm. Mm. But it was pretty, pretty nerve wracking. But also, and then I had to cook. Um, you know, like uh, they had an event, so they kind of said, "What do you want to do?" So that was a little bit better because then I could do a nice barbecue. Oh yeah, oh, okay. but the vegetarian thing was a little bit uh, threw me for a loop. But yeah, you know, you just got to back yourself and and not be afraid, you know. Yeah, well, the, you know the stunts some of them do, like jumping around in the trapeze. <laughs> but you're right, yeah, <laughs> like, like they gotta be like that, man, they, they gotta, gotta be eating light, yeah, eh? Like exactly. certain certain foods, eh? Yeah, like we have to, like it kind of makes you feel guilty, you know. You look at them and they're so. <laughs> fit and you're like man maybe I should go to the gym <laughs> you know like, <laughs> but it's been pretty cool you know they're super nice mm. and you'll be pretty surprised on what they do eat you know because they're so fit they can eat pretty much whatever they want mm. and normally it's the technicians that are healthy oh, okay. Oh, okay yeah yeah but um, most of the artists like we've got um, little Chinese girls that ride unicycles and man they're tiny but they can eat <laughs> like the Russians, we got like a lot of big Russian guys, yeah, yeah, and they can eat, but the Chinese girls can eat the same amount. As hey, well, it's impressive. You know? Yeah, yeah. You know when you had to cook in your let's call it a audition. Uh, yeah, like who were you up against? Like were there a lot of people applying I, for the same job? I think there was at least they had um, kind of like five people that they really wanted to take. Oh, okay, yeah, and. And I think that's where they wanted to go because first, I think I was lucky to get an interview through 
for your tutor. For my tutor. Yeah. So that helped out a lot. So who was? What was your tutor's name? Just like uh, Paul Anderson. Yeah, yeah. But even them, the culinary schools have shut down. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So he's still um, tutoring. Where's he no, based? Um, the whole schools had to close because. Oh, so it's closed. I thought you thought like they just closed for now, but they're going to reopen. No, they had to close for good. Oh man, that's that must be like um, heartbreaking for him, but also for you because you know you came through. Um, yeah, it is. Like I felt sad, but in a way, he's he's done a lot for a lot of people here that really couldn't get a job and helped. Not not bad kids, but kids that couldn't find the pathway and mm. and um, stuff like that. So he's done well. But yeah, he had to close because he couldn't teach anyone because of the the social distancing. Oh, oh man. And then they couldn't have any overseas students. Yeah. So that's where their money is. So. You you wonder if that sort of business um, would would come back when this whole um, lockdown thing ends? Because you know there is need for you. You talked about like kids not knowing what they want to do, and that and being a chef is a good like career path, huh? Yeah, it is. I think it is because um, um, it's a universal. Like you can mm. probably pick up a knife and go a different country mm. and still have the same sort of skills. It's, it's kind of like like a trade, eh? Like yeah. a builder or a plumber, mm. eh? Like the yeah. same thing. You could go. But it's hard here because now the restaurants that are open only want to hire people with a certain experience. Mm. So a lot of the younger kids that don't have enough can't get a job, which is a little bit sad. Mm. Mm. I was just thinking now because you know how you said, um, like if, when people are coming out of COVID and that, um, how someone like Paul's business could still open. I'm just thinking because of, during this during the initial lockdown and this lockdown, there were people that came out and they all thought they were chefs and and bakers. You know what I mean? They're coming on Facebook showing them, oh yeah, I made this today, and and I wonder if it's ignited a passion in people that have maybe lost their jobs but thought my first passion was always to go and and cook or to be a chef well, you know so hopefully you know, I mean the outsiders hopefully like um, culinary schools and that may, maybe get, can get that wave of people that mm. have been laid off but you know they're going to go follow their first passion that would have been yeah because cooking, eh? because level 4 was no takeaways were open yeah so everyone had to cook at home yeah so yeah you're right a lot of, of, a lot of people would have enjoyed it. it yeah I know I did because when when I had to <laughs> yeah they were forced to cook yeah. and like you would you would think like oh, fuck I'm gonna cook and then but when you start doing it it's like man I'm enjoying this that's yeah. like really yeah, it is it's true fun. Really, right yeah. and it's pretty cool to see like level four was good you yeah. see like people were home with their families and actually cooking and mm. taking the time to sit down and and cook a nice meal opposed to grabbing um, takeaways or you know because because like you would know like when you serve people I mean, when you're making food and you're seeing people there's something about it eh? like coming together and sitting around the table or just having a meal that someone's like put their heart and soul into when you mm. eh? like you must see that but I think time. that's a cool thing being um, like uh, PIs and and the whole community I like that like family of course is always number one and there's food is uh, close to it you know mm. like and um, it's a good thing to see like I mean uh, you know, family's always thankful for what they have, even if it isn't a lot. And I've kind of seen that being around the world, kind of lucky from that upbringing and to kind of um, make friends with local people, you know, because it's exactly the same thing from Indigenous cultures, mm, you know. True. 
But yeah, but I mean, it's good because I think cooking relaxes people. Mm. Well, hopefully most people, you know. <laughs> but I mean, you feel relaxed, you're happy, you're in a good mood, you yeah. know. A couple of wines. Yeah, a couple of red <laughs> wines, you know. But now you're right, it's like, it's a satisfying to see the person eating your food and like them enjoying it. Seeing them enjoying it makes you feel good. That hard and sweat you put into it, I think. Well, it was funny because coming out of COVID, um, the three big things were um, push-up challenges. And I think the big one was people were trying to make sourdough or cook. Well, making bread, yeah. Yeah, making yeah. bread and that kind of stuff. And then and the homemade KFC. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The homemade KFC. I think Danny <laughs> Danny Phipps put up, oh, yeah. a, put up a video of, on YouTube about it. That and Oka, you know. So it was kind of like people rediscovering that kind of... Um, Love or just how good making a um, homemade meal is. But now talking about opportunity, like, have you ever thought of like opening your own school? Um, well, I've officially that's what I was thinking about when I was coming back, like, um, to open up a school to kind of help kids that mm. can't do anything, or, or even to the extent of I've seen other people overseas help people that have been in jail that have come out that can't really find a job, you know, like maybe doing a restaurant in conjunction with the people that have been released from prison or probably still in the system, prison, yeah, in the yeah, system, yeah. to try and get them to know it's okay to kind of get them back into a workforce because it must be hard because I don't think there's anything for them when they yeah. come out. You know, well, Especially when they come out, there's still the stigma of like, you've been in jail. So it's kind of hard to, especially when you see on job applications like, you have to declare whether you've, you know, you've got criminal convictions or, although you know people say that there isn't, there's no judgment there. Let's be honest, you know, when a, when you're an yeah, employee yeah. and you see something like, mm, <laughs> you know, you're like, okay, yeah, um, you know, will I hire the clean guy that you know, who, who doesn't have any history, or will I, you know, hire the person that, you know, uh, has been been inside, you know, I don't know, I know that's a bit judgmental, but I know that there are. Employers that think like that, and you—that's what you're alluding to, eh? Yeah, pretty much. And I mean, it is right. Most people would see a CV or resume, and if you've seen them been to jail, you're going to say, "Well, yeah, I'm going to pick someone else." And yeah. But so, what what gave you that idea? Because that's a mean idea. Like, I mean, what that that passion? Because that's so cool that you want to help people that society would probably not, you know, would society say they're going to give a second chance, but you're. You want to start up something where you can show them, make them feel welcome. Was that from your travels from overseas, or? Um, yeah, a little bit has been, you know, because um, you know people that don't have a lot in certain countries, it's hard for them to survive and get a job. You know, like you'll see most um, immigrant people working four or five jobs. You know, like finish, I'm going to the next one. You know, and you think, man, they're hard. You know, that's a hard life, and you feel quite lucky. You know, like. Like I've been brought up, I've had a good life, you know. I haven't had everything I've wanted, but I've had a, a good life and people that care about me and pushing me in the right path. Mm. So to answer your question, Cam, yeah, that's why like a school would be cool, like especially now. So I'm trying to go through the channels of maybe trying to get a grant, you know, like, and it's a lot of work. Like I've got paperwork and stuff and it's a lot to fill out and... You have to prove a lot of things, you know, to kind of get a grant from New Zealand, but that would be something good to do, you know. To mm. I know um, because I was with um, 
I saw Robson. So you know Rob, uh, big Rob, uh, big show. Yeah. And he does a lot. He does. Uh, he does a thing similar to you. So his um, his organization is called Times. So it's called um, the Tulaepa Youth Mentoring System uh, Times. But it's um, about looking after the youth of um, mostly West Auckland. And it's kind of cool that like um, his passion is kind of like what your passion is, like looking after um, the, or, or trying to give youth or people a pathway. So I'll, I'll probably just I'll, I'll talk about it after um, off here, um, after recording, but man, it would be something cool for you and Rob to like um, try and get. Maybe this. try and link up. Exactly, then. because mm-hmm. he does that. So he does like uh, um, carpentry courses, um, teaching courses as well. So um, I just don't see why there, there couldn't be a way that used to you know, because these are doing um, exactly the same kind of thing, like helping helping the youth work, giving giving them an avenue. Because um, cooking, I mean, being a chef and and being a trader and a, and having a trader, like you said, man, you have you have the spoon, mate. You will travel, or you know, you have, you have your hammer. You know, you can go anywhere in the world. You know, that's so cool, man. Was, was this a Henderson High thing or? <laughs> oh, man, like, you know, probably a West Auckland thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. But no, it's cool, you know, and that's pretty cool. Um, that's awesome with Rob, you know, doing that, to be able to give back to the community that he grew up in, you know. Yeah, that's the cool, like, man, that's so awesome, man. You know, just going back, so to your, um, <coughs> so your Cirque du Soleil, you know, when you, how was your, how have you seen like your progression from the first year to to now? Like, you know, how was that first year? Like, trying to figure out, you know, where like cooking wise. Like, how do you? Th- how much do you think you've you've grown as I, a chef? I think of um, the first year was a little bit hard because I was just trying to get readjusted because, um, like, what we do is every maybe one or two months we're in a different city. So you pick everything up and you're gone. So it was a lot to handle. Like, okay, I've got Scott used to this, and then I'm I'm moving. Mm. But um, the growth has been good. Like um, everywhere I've gone, I've tried to like uh, integrate with the local city that I've been to, and and like learning more about food and all the culture or the area. So like on my day off, I would go and like go to a local centre or or go to a local restaurant and try and work for free, you know, like, hey, you know, can I learn, can I, I'm going to be here for two months, like, I'll give you some tickets if you let me work here, you know, so try and do a trade, you know. Uh, that's, how did you, um, were they accommodating? Did you find a lot of people like, hey, of course, or was there, were there a few people like, no, there's no way you want it, someone? Um, 80% of the people were good, but some of them were like, oh, no, but if he but wouldn't, but then some would say, well, you can come have a look, but that's about it. But it was just like standing in a little box and that was it. Well, what do you think, you know, the the people, the 20% that said no or stand in the box, was it out of fear that you might be trying to steal the, like the recipe or the way they cook or, um, I, or was it just them just being, they just didn't want another body in the, in the kitchen in the way? Um, probably a bit of both. Like it is hard, like... I think you're right. As a as a chef or a restaurant, you don't want to probably show your your secrets. You know, like yes. maybe the recipe will get to you if you've been working there for five years. You know, mm. like no one's going to show someone their best dish 
because you could steal the idea and take it and yeah. then make it your own. So probably a bit of that. Mm. How many best dishes have you have? Have you got under your sleeve? Like? Um, I've probably got three or four that I go to. You know, yeah. Like I uh, got a couple of seafood, couple of meat, and like a pasta dish. But but now I've like when I first started, I always thought food had to be super fancy, like little plates. Mm-hmm. But then I've come to learn it's um this really f- simple food, you know, like nothing too fancy, but just cooked well. Mm-hmm. You know, like before most people would be putting 20 things on a plate, and now I've learned maybe just one or two on the plate. Yeah, but just done really, really well. It's done well, yeah. yeah. Instead of trying to be too fancy, ever overthinking it, just keep it simple mm-hmm. and do it well. What do, you, uh, what do you think of all these, like... Um I know it makes for good television, but like MasterChef and My Kitchen Rules and what do you make of those? Because, you know, you see them and like I'm like, man, some of these meals are too much. But I'm, like sometimes I think it is scripted, like they're told ahead what to do. Because I some mean, of the meals I'm like, man, you you know, they go, just go to the kitchen and make this. And I'm like, yeah, sure. You just came up with that, like, <laughs> um, you know, with the simple ingredients that they gave you, you know. But you know how you said it's a TV show, like to me the more emphasis will be on the presentation rather than the taste because obviously you can't taste it when you're watching yeah. it and you're just relying on the on the real judge yeah and his, his facial reaction. expression oh. and the reaction and then the music know. in the record you know? <laughs> but I think yeah, you're right like uh, most of it as long as it looks good they're happy you know because you can't taste it or smell it you know um, but I think yeah, some of it is a scripted to a point yeah of course where like I know some chefs don't really like them and some like it because it's giving someone that wants to be in the profession a chance but some of the guys are not really hating but because they had to go through a lot to get yeah, to where you, they you, are you've toiled you know you've you've washed bare, like you know you've had to do the bag of house stuff you've had to cut all the veg and yep. these guys are getting kind of like a free path through without do you think that is what, what, what part uh, of the hate would be from I think so, and it, sh- it shouldn't be out of jealousy because, like, it's the, going back to what I've, people have said about the, you know, don't be arrogant or anything. Just you should be wanting to help everybody, you know. But I think that that's what they're jealous of is them getting a head start, because obviously these guys haven't done the hard yards, and yet they'll probably open up a big restaurant and it will do well because they've been on TV. Mm. Yeah. That's- because I've, I've worked uh, back at house before I worked um, at Stanford Plaza. And, I man, there's some shit. I think David Tour used to work as well back in the day. Oh, uh, yeah, I think he was yep. before, might have been before me. Either that, I know one of them. But, man, I want to work there. It's the shifts, like when you said, <laughs> like, you know, you can't be um, arrogant or something. But the, the head chef there, the two head, the, the head chef and the sous chef, the executive chef, they were both, during their working, when they were uh, working, they were real dickheads, man. But it's only because they wanted the job done right. You know, I wanted, what the hell? You know, you see Gordon Ramsay and that. And I'm like, people are like, he's but overboard. Like, no, I've seen that in real life. Mm. Like our um, head chef, his name was Anthony, Tony, Tony, Anthony, Tony Taylor. Tony, you know, yeah, I know yeah. Tony. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Tony Taylor, was um, he was our executive chef. He came on a couple of TV shows here. He was, you know, um, when he was working, you know, what the hell is this man? He's saying in this British accent and, yep. you know, they, you know, you see the yeah, chef, you know, the waiters coming off the orders. 
as soon as he's, you know, the like line finish, you know, you know, the last order, but he switches and, you know, he'll come around and he'll talk to everyone like, you know, hey guys, how and, you know, you just think, man, half an hour ago, this guy just like tore some strips off me, man. <laughs> but that's why you don't have to take it personal. It's just yeah, exactly. Work. Like you said, like, man, I had heaps of chefs like that too. And then after work, we'll go have a beer. Everyone's laughing, you know, mm. no one's. You know, but during work, it's workers' work, and mm. it's because because of the high standard they have, eh? You know, because it's his name, it's his, you know, his restaurant. Everything has to be, you know. So he's his way of bringing everyone in is to actually just tell them, you know, don't, you know, this is what the hell is this bloody warm, you know? I saw him throw, I saw him throw this. Um, I don't know if we'd get away with that kind of stuff now because of this PC culture. Probably crap. not, no. Yeah, and I saw him pick up one of those black, so you know, the ones where you fry the steaks. And he threw it right across the the line. Yep. Yeah, went from one side to the other. And then he was like, this is BS. You know? And I was like, you know, everyone's like, yes, chef, yes. You know, the way everyone just runs around, you know. <laughs> and I thought, what have I got myself into in mean, two years? You know, but it was just so cool being exposed to that side of things and just to see how how some chefs are, you know. Like there's, um, I guess that's the way people perceive it as because of, um, Gordon Ramsay, and you see them yelling, and that, and I thought, no, that actually is how it is in real, and you know, most restaurants. I'd love it's, it a, it's a highly stressful job. Man. Oh, it been like, well, it's funny you say that when you say that because every chef that that was there would all go outside and have a cigarette, like after the, because <laughs> they're all smokers or drinkers, or some kind of have some way to. I didn't see anyone that didn't have a vice. Yeah, you have to have a vice I think, yeah. in the kitchen, mm. but you're right; it is stressful, and I don't think people. No, it is like, like a, I think it's one of the most, um, one of the highest stressful jobs in the world, to a point, if, depending on how you look at it. Mm. So they're, they're, these head chefs, they they come to the top because they can handle that that, that level of stress. Huh? Yeah, I mean that's what makes them a head chef. Huh? Well, you know, it's funny, like you know, the, <laughs> the, the amount of hours they work, and I was when I was there, like they'd come in and they'd be setting up their. Um, their stuff, but like they want to just only sometimes finish cleaning up like two in the morning and they'll be back like the next morning, you know. And I'm like, how, how do you function yeah, like, like that, you know? I mean, that's the downside of the industry, especially I'll say restaurant work or hospitality, because a lot of us would work maybe 60, 70 hours, but only get paid 40, you know. But what can you do, you know? It's, I think it's trying to change now, mm. but yeah, like. Like, yeah, some guys will be there 8 o'clock in the morning, go through to midnight, and then you'll see them back again early in the morning, you know? Yeah, and I just, I just couldn't get over, like, uh, but, you know, I'd see the same, I'd come back and I'd go, oh, you just stayed, no, I'm still here from, from last night, or something like that. Because there'd be, like, guys, like, especially, like, when they knew, like, they would have big functions coming up, or they'd have certain people coming, like, they'd come in early to do their profs and all that kind of, I don't even know. Like that kind of stuff, and they go, "Can you watch this?" And I was like, "What am I supposed to do? You just watch it, make sure nothing flies in there, or something, you know, <clears throat> and keep an eye out for whatever boils, just turn it down, you know." And I'm like, "Flip," <laughs> you know, just the way they, just the way they work, man. Like they, I think to be a chef, and especially in a high, high end restaurant or something like that, or any any restaurant, like how I don't know how you how you put how you get through it, like a. Like you said, there's a couple of red wines here and there, or. But I think when you're busy, the adrenaline kicks adrenaline in, is, and then mm. you're fine. You know, some people um, can thrive off it, but then some people, 
just crash and burn, you know, which is sad because, you know, you're doing okay and then someone's getting, like, you know, some of the stuff that's been said to them is like, man, yeah, what's, yeah. you know, like, it's pretty bad, you know, like you said, like, you've, you know, you've, you know, and you wonder how they can get through it, you know, because some people react well to being yelled at. So it's kind of hard, like, when you change your management style, you've got to kind of learn how people react. Like, some people might have to sit down and show them and walk it through them, but then some people actually enjoyed being yelled at mm. because then they do it better. Yeah. It's, it's, funny, it's, it's so funny how different people function, eh? like people yeah. respond, how people respond to certain things. So. I was thinking about when um, Colin Ramsey first came on scene, you know, he was there swearing, everyone like telling everyone off, and I, I can see like everyone watching shock about it but the chefs is like oh that's just every day man yeah. <laughs> that's just normal yeah. <laughs> just without the peeps hearing the peeps he's just hearing the fool yeah <laughs> I mean I've heard a story of one of the old school guys here in Auckland like he's been around forever like he's kind of the godfather of like French cuisine in New Zealand he was out talking to a guest and a piece of lamb got sent back because the guy put it in the microwave to kind of heat it up. Yeah. So he picked up his microwave, walked out, and there's probably had to walk through the restaurant and threw it onto the road. And this is in Parnell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This oh, is in yeah. Parnell. Shucks. And he's an old school yeah, sort yeah. of chef, you know, like hard. You just don't do that, eh? No, yeah. Like, and then, like, your little stories, like, um, he was always messing up, and then he grabbed a piece of steak and threw it at the guy. And the guy caught it, and he said, that's your second mistake tonight, you know, like, yeah. really starting to, you know, but it's pretty sad because it's always the, when I've worked in kitchens, the same one or two people that have always, mm. like, messing up, Yeah, but oh. it's not their fault, you know, but, yeah. you know, like, they're always getting the chefs writing them, like, writing them, writing them, and that's why, to a point, too, that's why I want to, like, I think now it's stopping, like all the yelling people have, have come to learn that if you want a good employee, if you've got a good one, you've got to keep them mm. or else they're going to go somewhere else. And maybe, you know, it would be good to have people actually showing them what they've done wrong always instead of getting yelled at, you know? Mm. Yeah. I guess that's a time restraint thing, eh? If you're getting yelled at, if you do something wrong because obviously you've got no time to teach them. Yeah, you gotta wait. We gotta wait till the next day or whatever when it's not busy. But even then, you know, you still gotta carry on. Yeah, because even when you said, you know, you would say sorry, chef, and you said I don't want to hear sorry. Yeah, you know, just keep just on moving. Up. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, no, so it was, well, it's cool because uh, there's like so our back of house boys were all islanders too, so we were just like laughing, like we just do our own thing. But all we had to do was make sure the pots and all that everything's clean. But when you see. Just when you see them, when you see them clicking, that's like the most, like you know, they come in, chef this, 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 and everyone's doing their bit. You know, it's like, like watching the All Blacks or something, like watching, like a wild world machine. And you know, the chef comes and you know, he just tells everyone stop, let's go outside, you know, let's have a beer. And you know, yeah. when you see that happen, like that's when you know, oh, all his yelling and jumping up and down. You know, it's 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 obviously maybe because that's the way he was taught. But it just just shows like that it can come sometimes like um, work out you know just shows that's old school style so yeah because that's how they brought up like because you would have been on that that kind of like that's how you would have been taught eh? yeah but I mean a while back I was during um we're working in the waterfront and we used to have two teams 
like uh, three days on, three days off. And we used to laugh like Hell's Kitchen just came out. And um, like it was red and blue team, and he would like he would say like red, red team shut down the kitchen, and like as you were saying like you had a lot of pollies, and in our team um, everyone was brown. Oh, like we had one white guy, but he was pretty much brown anyway. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> so we used to check there. around like brown team, pack it brown down, brown and we yeah, would start yeah. laughing, you know. And yeah, we just had the like camaraderie, like we had each other's backs. Like if this person was behind, everyone would jump in help, you know, like, and. And sometimes cooking, it can be a lot of sabotage, you know? Oh. Yeah, yeah I was just... <coughs> Simon, I was just thinking that, eh? Because is that a poly thing? Because I know with um, other people, they think, I've got to be the best. So by being the best, sometimes you've got to step on other people, maybe set other people up. Is it just the island people kind of... I don't know, do you just... You know, you're just saying... Or was all you brown guys? Is that the reason why you worked so well? Because you're like, you know, islanders are always kind of like, man, I got you, man, you know? Because I think we all the same mentality. Like, we had fun, you know, cooking, always cracking jokes at each other, you know? Like, yeah. making fun of each other. So it kind of worked well. And then some of the other guys would, like you said, try and sabotage to make them look better. You know, like, um, because there's different hierarchies, as you know, in the kitchen. Mm. And so someone wants to move up. So they'll sabotage that person that's there so they can... Wow, Did you see any obvious ones when you thought, man, how, you know... You kind of... Or you could just kind of know, like, oh, I don't know how that fly ended up. <laughs> nothing like that, but not, like, say, not doing the prep properly mm. or not leaving enough and say, no, you're good to go tonight, have a good night, mm. and then you go cook and then, oh. man, I've got no prep, where's everything? And then you're getting yelled at. Yeah. Oh. You know, or... Little stupid games like we had a guy in the wood oven and he used to have a rolling pin for his pizza and then one guy had a fight so he hit it oh. for the whole night, you know, so he was rolling <laughs> it with a like a wine bottle or something, oh. you know. <laughs> but you know, little things stupid things like that, you know, like or like we had a rotisserie and like it used to go around and then you had to put another one on to make the heat go. So when it was on one person probably turned the heat off and it was still going around. Oh, so yeah. he never had time to really wonder if it was cooking because he was busy. Yeah, yeah. So he just And then nothing's cooked. Oh, oh man. Man. <laughs> just to make yourself look better, which is pretty sad, you know. And you can't, you know what happened, but you can't. So you can, yeah. <laughs> you can't prove anything, you know. Like it's. But you know what's happening, eh? Yeah, and, you, and no one wants to be like a narc, you know. Yeah. Oh. It's like anything here, yeah. like you know, just work well. Like, I was like, no one likes to snitch, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like. But there's still always one, you know? We yeah. <laughs> always one. Yeah. Yeah. So you kind of had to be careful what you said because yeah. backfire on you, you know? Yeah. Even if you don't mean it in a in a bad way, you know? It's like the snitches at Kmart, eh? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was a good boy at Kmart. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, but yeah, it is. But I think it is a maybe a PI thing. Everyone comes together, and mm. even if you're not part of the group, they're still going to help you, you know, or make you feel welcome. Yeah. Mm. Hey, you know, um, just sorry, you know, when you were at uh, culinary school, is there anyone that was in your class that's still chefy now? Like, do you know? Are you still close? Do you know how many of the still in in the um, game? I was just thinking about now because you know how you get to school and you go. I don't know how this guy's doing. Or you go, you look back and go, man, that uh, was a good class because a lot of us are still in the game. Well. I think a couple are still doing it. Yeah. You know, like um, 
uh, one of the guys, Jeff, I think he's like a, just a baker. So that's what he wanted to do. But in order to bake, he had to do, still do a chef course, even though he didn't want to be a chef, but he wanted to be a baker. But mm. I think he's making bread. I think um, I think he's done well because I've seen um, a lot of people have used them, wild wheat. As a, so he's doing well for himself, oh, I cool. think. But, but then some people do it and then it's too much because it's a lot for family life. We yeah. don't have it, you know. That's what I was just thinking. Like, how do you? Um, because I used to see like a lot of the chefs, they, they would just they'd be working five six days, and then I'm thinking, um, what kind of life do these guys have? I know they they're like they just used to drinking like you know they'll finish at twelve, they'll go drink right until four in the morning, go sleep, and then be back in the morning. You know, like, how do these guys do it, man? It's those hours, eh? Like yeah, the Friday nights, the Saturday nights. Yeah, it's pretty unsociable hours yeah. because you're working. The nights that everyone wants to go out, so you can't go out. Yeah, mm-hmm. so you, that's why I noticed like other chefs would meet up with other like um, guys from the other hotels, and they'll all be drinking at the back, um, the bar behind our um, behind um, Stanford. I think it was Tabax or something like that. Tabax, I think it's still there. Oh, okay. Yep. Under yeah. the alleyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. See, I used to I used to go over there, but see, like I was a chef, but well, I just fit my, my hands were all wrinkly because I was washing the pots and uh, <laughs> and the plates, man. Well, I mean that's it, man. I I think the the dish hand is the backbone of the kitchen. Yeah, mm-hmm. man, they do all the hard jobs. I mean, getting deliveries in, like cleaning everything, and then you know it's it's a hard job. Uh, it, oh man, but it was cool. It was just so cool, man. And you get the like you know, all the f- the good stuff, the food that they go. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. they didn't really. Especially all the boys, just all the islanders stand in the back. Yo, that's us, man. You know, but. you know, back in the late nineties, early two thousands, when bars were open twenty four seven, in Auckland. Then you, after after chefs finish work, after oh. hospitality finish work, then it's their time to go and enjoy themselves. And that's where you get all these hospital little places still open no? yeah, for, like for, for all you guys to go enjoy. Yeah, yeah, and, always um, the bars here. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The dispensary bar would have been the one a lot of On the court, I heard. Yeah. I heard about. I never. I never <laughs> that place. But uh, I remember there was a lot of other places that only let hospitals in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you couldn't. They wouldn't op- let the public come in if to say where you worked and then you walk in. But um, I was just wondering, like, how, were you working during that time? Yeah, I think yeah, I was uh, early nineties. Yeah, mm. like I just finished or not finished school, but um, yeah, working. So it was and for me. It was new and always going to party and it was kind of cool because hospital people would look after each other. Yeah. And yeah. if they need to work there, that. Yeah. like the barman will be giving you extra drinks and you have to pay for it or you would go to another restaurant and the kitchen team would look after you. Mm. Like they'll give you little extras. Because you know? they're all aware of the, the sweat and the, what you guys would have had to go to because like you said, like sometimes you work 60, you're working 67 hours and you only get paid for, for 40. Yeah. And so, you know, the other people are going to have to go, man, you know, if we got to help each other out in some in some way. So that that's so cool. But I remember that. Yeah. Like, there would only be bars that you're like, oh, hotspot hotspo only. Mm. So you'd have to have some kind of proof for, like, your work ID or... Because the only reason why I ask because, like, they bring in their law and bars going to open. That's close at about three. Oh. Yeah. So how much of that... Were you still working during that time? Because how much... There was a big culture change, like, you couldn't... You just have to go home after work, or pretty much, or or there'll be a way for a bar to be open. You know, like someone will 
not meant to be open, but they will close the door, close the blinds, and you'll be inside the bar drinking yeah. until early in the morning. Yeah. You know, so. But like you said, that'll be like a hospital bar people would know about. Like you would go, like um, everyone used to go to um, 76 on Pitt Street or Supper Club. Oh, of the back where I think you when you went to Tano. <laughs> no. Was it Tano? What was upstairs? What was no, the upstairs? Man. What was the one up there? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the Samoa House one, but Yeah. <laughs> upstairs, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But no. yeah, like little places people would know about, but mm. I think it affected a lot of people because before you could go anywhere and you know, people couldn't do much mm. or else you had to go to a, a nightclub. Mm. Yeah. What about, like, uh, since with your 10 years overseas, what's the kind of craziest place that you've been out to, like, after after work or after hours? Did you you didn't end up somewhere in Prague with going to watch? Like, um, I, well, we did go to there was some, well, I'm going to say cool places or crazy places, but I think um, me growing up here and being around what I was, it kind of helped me to kind of be okay in a like a situation like being somewhere random by myself or late and kind of know okay I'm not going to walk there or you know like I think if I went when I was younger probably would have been more dangerous yeah but um um I think people were kind of mostly nice like um as long as you treat them nice you know yeah. like they're going to be good back to you mm. but then Sometimes I gotta learn not to be too trusting, because sometimes I'll be too too friendly. Yeah, and not expect. Uh, maybe this person's trying to uh, lure me somewhere, yeah, or, or yeah, yeah, or rip, rip me off. off yeah, you know, yeah, take my credit card and swipe it, and boom. You know? Yeah, because I've heard it happen to a lot of people. You know, like um, we're in Japan, and um, one of the guys. Is, I mean, he's, he's stupid. Like, you should have better street sense. You know, like. Anyone else would see, okay, maybe that's a person working her job late at night. Oh, okay. But obviously, he, yeah, he yeah. didn't, so yeah. <laughs> he goes into the bar. There's about three of them. And um, we're there, but we're drinking at other bars because we're in Tokyo and there's little different bars all over the place. But he was there with a couple of other guys. And um, she goes, can, I, can you buy me a drink? And he, instead of him saying, well, what do you want? He just said, yes. Okay, so she probably grabs the most expensive bowl of champagne they have. And he goes to leave and then he gets the bill. Oh. You know, and he's yeah. looking like, what's this? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and it's kind of funny. And then, you know, this big uh, big Nigerian dude comes over and says, uh, you have to pay this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, like, not as bad, but kind of followed him to the ATM. So we could withdraw the money out, you know, but not really dangerous, but like, yeah, but. Just got to have a bit more. More wit about you. Yeah, know? yeah. And that was Japan, because. I was man, just, I was just oh, thinking, because this guy. Because, man, I, I love, I love that ramen, <laughs> but I know that you, you can't have ramen unless you have it in Japan. Uh, very true, you know. Um, I know um, Kololo was a favorite when yeah, yeah, he yeah. was in. Uh, I think he was in Fukuoka. So yep. there they have um, Hakata ramen, which is the pork broth, which is really fatty mm. and like the pork cutlet. Um, but yeah, man, like the, the ramen in Japan is awesome. Like you can have different levels. Like you can have a mum and pups sort of store, like a family store mm. or a cheap one. 
or you can go kind of high end, but it's still really good, like depending on where you are. And I wasn't too sure. I don't know if it was in Tokyo or Fukuoka. They had a museum of a, like a ramen museum. So they had all the different ramens from around Japan. Mm. But, man, yeah, I could eat that. I'm going to say every day because I probably could. It's not healthy, <laughs> yeah. but I could eat it every day. You know? It's funny because I went on this YouTube, you know, you go down the rabbit hole on YouTube and I just watched all the different, like there's a, all the places in Japan. Like you said, if, if, like there's like there's a ramen store like every around every corner, right? Like there might be five on five right next to each other and then you just see. You kind of know which ones to go to because yeah. there's a big um, crowd. Big crowd of yeah. the line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just saw the way they used to make it. Like, it's, is it what's the it's the broth that's the most important thing, eh? Or it doesn't really depend on the noodles. Or well, I would say yes um, for the noodles too. Like, okay, that's an important part. But um, yeah, different textures could be. Uh, you know, the broth is really important. Mm. The seasoning they put on it, and but the noodles is up there. Noodles have to be good. Yeah. Have you been to the ramen places around Auckland? Uh, no, I haven't. But I, I eventually want to. Mm. Because yeah, which is the one that you go to? There's one in Ponsonby. Oh, that's really good. Um, but the, see, you might be. The, it's, man, it's, it's really good. It's really good. Way. But the guy that brings to Japan in my work, he said, "Nah, that's not. That's not <laughs> real ramen." <laughs> but it's hard because I think even the Japanese people probably adapt to what New Zealand is like. Mm. Yeah. So I know apparently there's a good one on um, Simon Street. Simon Street, um, or when you come down. Um, it used to be, uh, uh, if you come down the hill, it's where the old train station used to be. The bottom is a beach road or not beach oh, road. Oh, Anzac. Anzac. Like there's a good little one on Anzac Ave. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think there, there might be something we're going to have to check out during level two, boys. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but yeah, he's probably right. But, you know, like so many good different ramen spots, it all mm. depends on what you like. Mm. But, yeah, man, like... I've learnt, you know, like, um, my cooking time is eight seconds because I like my noodles crunchy. Because oh. before these different stages, like, for foreigners or gaijing, whatever, they're going to they're gonna cook it um, soft mm. because they think you won't eat it like a Japanese person. Well, but you prefer, so you had to tell them beforehand how you... But it's kind of hard because, like, I mean, my Japanese was very minimal. Yeah. I only learned the bad words. Hey, yeah. you know, and they pretend, like, you would ask a Japanese guy, what does this mean? And they look at you like, oh, no. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. But, but most of them will speak a little bit of minimal English. I found it also okay. Yeah. But, you know, they would ask for cooking time. Mm. But I've just, I just learned... Um, like not to be embarrassed and just give it a try if it's yeah. wrong Japanese or they still appreciate you trying. Because mm. even if you speak English and you tell them I don't speak Japanese, they're still going to speak Japanese back to you. So you know, if, um, you're talking about how good the ramen is over there and how you said you could eat it every day. What other places around the world that you, because you know every kind of country has their national dish. Did you go to a place and went, oh man, this is... Ah, uh, yeah. This uh, is what it's supposed to taste. Yeah, I said, oh, so this is how, you know. Uh, Singapore was pretty cool. Yeah. Because they have so many different cultures, cultures there and a the little, because, I mean, it was part of Malaysia, but obviously they split off. But Singapore was cool because it's cheap. Yeah. So it was what, what were their meals? What, what, um, did, did you ever go to, um, like, places like Vietnam? 
Not with not with the show. Oh, okay. But you've been to Vietnam. Yeah. So what? Because I always like um I, I watched um Anthony Bourdain, and he used to talk about how much he loved um all those Asian countries, Vietnam, um, Thailand, and all that because of the street food in that. Can you like um is he right? Like what what is, what are the street food? What's I the think, street food like that? I think he's right because they are super tasty. Like if you do get a chance. Yeah. You know, but. It all depends on what you can tolerate and if you like spicy or non-spicy. But so the flavours are good, you know. So that's what Singapore is like? Kind of like... Yeah. Like Singapore is super cool. Like you can have Indian, like Chinese, kind of Singaporean Chinese, you know, like all the flavours of or Malaysian food. You can have that mix of culture. Mm. Yeah. Does, does Singapore have their own dish or is it like just because of all the cultures it's like a fusion? Fusion. I think they it's more fusion but they mm. known for their um like um black pepper crab. In Singapore their their crab is really good. They have like a noodle dish and their laksa. Laksa. If you oh, go yeah. there that's their laksa, laksa is the best, you know. Oh yeah. See that's what I mean. Like you know you have <laughs> laksa here and you go, Oh man, that's nice. And then like, just like his workmate would say, nah, that ain't nice, man. You've got to go to Singapore. You know, you've got to go to that country. But there's different other ones that do laksa, but there is, is really good, you know? Mm. Yeah. But you can get a still get a bad laksa there, yeah. if you know what I mean, you uh, know? Yeah, yeah. 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 Or, but the other dish is chicken and rice, uh. which is nice, you know? So Charles, um, like, now they're back in New Zealand, like, this has sort of killed your taste for New Zealand stuff around here because you've tasted the real deal overseas? Uh, no, I still like going to eat out here because I still <laughs> yeah. think the the quality is good, you know, but mm. it's like some of it may be close to authentic as you could get. Yeah. But I mean, uh, I'm happy even with baked beans or two-minute noodles, you know. Mm. I'm, I'm happy if someone makes something, you know. I'm now, I'll never turn down food at all, you know. Yeah. What about like of, of our island and Maori food, like... When you look look at it now, like when you go, um, like Samoans or Islands, you've got Sapasui. Um, do you look at those dishes like how, how you could improve? Do you ever think of experimenting with food like that, with, with huggies? And yeah, you probably could. I know there's a few good people doing it now. Like um, I've got a friend, um, well, a friend of friend, um, she does um, hangi food. She's from down Wellington. She's... But she worked in some really good restaurants over in, in America, you know. And she's kind of doing that little thing. And, and who else? Robert Oliver, Fijian guy. He's super good, like, promoting island food. But, like, you probably could. Um, we did a hangi for um, the show when it came to New Zealand. Oh, and yeah. And cool. they loved it, you know. Mm. But we've done, um, like, variations. Like, um, we, I made, like, a polisambi pie. Oh, yeah, for the yeah. guys and they liked it, you know. Yeah, yeah. The Filipinos loved it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I mean, it's not spam, but corned beef is is uh, similar, yeah. similar. Yeah. And that corned beef is like a is like gold in America. Oh you know, yeah, the Pam Palms corned beef. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, if you have that over there, most of the um, <laughs> the Samoan people, island people over there would love you, you know. Yeah, because it's hard to get. Oh, yeah, man. Like um. Because my dad, he, he used to work at the pub. So, you know, after a while, you know, yeah, man. And then after a while, like, mm, look at these pub. <laughs> I was starting to look like a can of beef now. But, but yeah, oh, man, I didn't know it was like that, like uh, the you know, corned beef over there. Because I know Spam is, that's big in Hawaii, eh? Yeah. That's real big in Hawaii. And, and Filipinos love it as well. Oh, yeah. Mm. 
But that's like canned luncheon, yeah. pretty much, eh? Shucks, that's, you don't even know what's sitting and that kind of stuff, you know? But you, I mean, you probably could do it, but it'll take a lot of um, uh, trial and error, I think, if you wanted to do, um, like, uh, like PI food and mold food. and. But then I would still try and make it true. I wouldn't try to make it fancy or mm. or make it lighter. Yeah. You know, over, over the past, there's been um, places like I remember back in the days, Billy T, huh? Billy T's Hungry. Yeah, you know, yeah. I remember Pitchier. Hinnison. Hey, oh, yeah, I was there. Hinnison yep. shop ages ago. Like, I don't, you know, with like McDonald's and all those other mainstream ones, you kind of, I kind of thought, like, why haven't sort of our people have put our own food and in, like into a franchise sort of thing all over the country, you know? Like, how come Billy T's Hungry wasn't, didn't blow up of that kind of food? How come. How come Pacific Islanders can't have a, like a you know franchise restaurant of salmon food or another food? You know what I mean? I've, I've I think it would do well, you know. Yeah, yeah but yeah, but my, yeah, but why? I don't know why it hasn't happened. Like why hasn't people? Oh, I remember. Is there opportunity there or what? I was talking to one of my mates Henry at work, like because he was going, "Man, we should do this." And I, I don't know if you know, probably people are gonna laugh at this, but I just said to him that we don't eat our own food. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we, we might enjoy eating, like, um, boa and kalu and that maybe on Sunday, mm. but it's not a meal. Like, island food isn't something you want to have every day because, you know, if you ate that kind of stuff every day, man, it, pretty sure the um, blood pressure would be up there and, uh, you know, the obesity rates would be higher than what they are. But, you know, like, I see, if you go to um, Paradise, um, what's the... Um, the Indian place, if you go to that those places, they're always full. You know what I mean? Like you know, like the Indian, like they people tend to eat their own food. You know, I find us as islanders, like if you, you know, there's a um, Valley Samoa over in um, Henderson Valley, yeah, beside, yeah. and I go there all the, I go there to get some kiki potters and that. But the food that's in there isn't something that I would want to eat every day, and I don't know if that's just me, but I guess. I guess that's the reason why I don't see how that could be, you know, profitable if you were to start a business because of the the food that's required to to be put into island food. I don't, I don't think you. I don't think you could. Um, Cause like, I don't think you can make it, a restaurant. I don't think you can. You can present it like how yeah. it's presented. It's absolutely yeah. like a plate you get at the at the social. Yeah. I, I think you can be smart to to sort of like. Um, not change the recipe, but make it into something that's that you could eat every day, you know. Like I think you could, yeah, if you play around with it. Yeah. You know, you can, but I mean, how would you di- how would you display it? Like you know, you know how I said there's that that you know you know the shop eh, Charles, you know the one behind yeah. the petrol station. I think that's the only way that that kind of could work. So you know, you come and you go, oh, I'll have this, this, and that, and then you just take it home and eat. But I don't know if island food could be a sudden. Dining experience. I think it could because maybe you can take the same cut of meat, nice like beef, yep. and maybe mm. put the same sort of flavors as you would into mm. it, you know, and just not modernize it, but kind of change it a bit, yeah, and still have the true flavors of it, but make it look a bit different, you know. See, that's like make it, man. But maybe make it contemporary, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because it is possible because they've did it with um, like indigenous food here for the Maori. They kind of. We'll have a new year and they've done it so it looks modern mm. or contemporary. Like it's still got the 
the essence of the of the dish, of the uh, this looks a bit from? different. Yeah, because yeah. I think Michael Meredith does that with some yeah. of his meals. Eh? Like, uh, like Mike does a really good pork belly. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and he's you know he's. Uh, Have you ever crossed paths with? Uh, yeah, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good well, I knew I knew it was Mike because when I said Michael and he said Michael, and okay, <laughs> yeah. and you know him on that basis, then he's one no, of but he's like you know he's done well for himself. Yeah, and I think I do know he's opened up another place. Mm. Well, with all the COVID things, that's a bit hard now. But I do know he's got something happened in Britomart. Because mm. he was doing the um, lunch, the yep. the meals on wheels thing. Um, what, what's it called? Eat the my lunch. Eat yeah, my lunch. yeah, yeah. So which is cool, uh, and that, that's a really good. What an awesome idea, eh? Mm. You know, to buy one and and a young kid gets a, a lunch. You know, that's that's awesome. I think Michael Meredith is a good example of using Pacific Island food and making it into that kind of what he was doing at his restaurant at, um, at Meredith's. Meredith's that he was yeah. doing the um, what do you call the one when you have like eight course meals? Oh, like a degustation. Degustation, so yeah. He's making it real fancy and stuff, but using the same ingredients. Oh. I think he said um, that Fijian guy Oliver he had yep. TV show oh, and he yeah, had Rob Oliver. I don't know if he has a restaurant still here in Auckland, mm. but he's like promoting island food, but on a affordable for a lot of people to go and eat, like mm. not you know not not uh, as a high end, but like more affordable, so you can bring the kids, you know, because most restaurants now are like you don't really want to bring little ones. Not, not family friendly. Mm. No, yeah, yeah. And that one's friendly for me. So I think at the same time, how Michael Meredith uses his uses surrounding ingredients for his restaurant, you can probably do the same thing for like what I was talking about before, like a franchise sort of thing, like you a fast could, food. Yeah. Like, yeah, not having the. But is island food fast? Can it be made into fast food? Because I think burgers, it could be. Because burgers, you kind of make like you know patty, cheese, cheese thing, and that's it. But like with, with island food, you know, you've got sapasui or you've got the kalo. I You're think if you have a good you, concept, you yeah, could, yeah, hmm. kind of almost like it's almost like um, you could have a, like Hawaiian, you know, Hawaiian food. Yeah, pretty much exactly the same thing, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, what's that? Um, poke, like you know how they've got them, they've got those um, tuna bowls. Yeah, yeah, poke bowls. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I, I had one. I had the one in. Um, I went to the one in Parnell. It was really nice. And like you was said, it the Ica bowl? Was yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was nice. I think they've got a. I don't know if they got a franchise. Yeah, and I think that's. A, I think it was a franchise because I think they have one downtown. Yeah, as well. Yeah, well, street, I, eh? yeah. yeah. And, I, and I really enjoyed it. But then, like, that's when I thought, man. I mean, this looks really fancy in there. But man, imagine a good oka. Like, if they could have just chucked some coconut cream and. Like you can, like something like that. Mm. Maybe make something that's healthy. I yeah. Don't know. Mm. So promote good island food, but. Mm, but make it healthy as well. That's mm. that's good. You bring up Hawaii because they have their own Hawaiian food franchise. There, I yep. forgot the name of it. Um, I do know it. I've seen it around. Yeah, it's, I've it's seen everywhere. it all around, and I think I've even seen it in Japan, which is weird. Oh, true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they've managed. They've managed to do it with yep. their food. Oh. Yeah. Damn, I forgot the name of it. But they're, but they're I everywhere. Think the franchise will probably work better overseas too if you're yeah. smart you could put it somewhere because mm. I was just saying like um, we, we brought up um, how over in Australia they really appreciate um, island stuff like Samoa and you know um, like doing a big night cook, doing yeah a yeah and they, and they love that and like bro uh, when I was over in Brisbane um, I was staying with my auntie and that the, the Samoan shops around there they were twice three times as good as the ones here 
and the, the people here probably won't like that, but I remember going to, I think it was called Sienna's or one of them, and I thought, man, like the amount of food, and it was always kumu, you know, it was always packed because everyone wanted to come and get their own food, so I just, I guess it's a maybe a standard thing here, like bringing the standard up if you were going to do like a, um, a restaurant or kind of like a, a food bar here. It's got to be of some kind of quality, you know. Mm. I find out people here, the places here, they kind of take for granted that we'll eat it anyway because you know that's the only, that's the only one spot you can get uh, or something like that. But I mean, if someone could come in and change the whole game up and just make it of, just like bring the quality up, man, it just it's only going to benefit us as a community because we're going to have decent places to go in. Well, and well, eat well, it. Let's just throw ideas out now, so. Well, yeah, well, Charles, yeah, we'll yeah, yeah. we'll go. So, I mean, I think you could now because, <laughs> you know, like a lot of PI people are being like um, promoted worldwide now, you know, mm-hmm. like all over the world, people love Pacific Islanders and New Zealand. Mm. Like, you know, like everywhere has got no problems and everyone loves the culture. Well, you want to see it a bit because of your sleeves. Did you ever get people like, especially your tattoos, you know, Island Your Salmon tattoos? Did people go, oh, you know, where, where's that from? Was that Salmon? Yeah, where's that from? And, yeah. and then you'll see, like, man, like, I didn't realize how big the island community was there. Like, I thought maybe just Utah and kind of California, but mm. it was all over, like, all over, like, uh, Pittsburgh, you know? Like, I was having a coffee and the Salmon guy walked past and, like, oh, are you Hawaiian? I said, yeah. no, 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 no. I said, from New Zealand, but a, f- a friend is someone and done the tattoo just like to say thank you and, yeah. and stuff. And he was like blown away, you know. It's but funny you say that because um, we had Luppy, um, Luppy Mariner on, and he was telling us about of all that you know about America. Like the, you'll find someone, you'll just see you'll find patches of someone everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, we, and we, we were asking the same. Like, I thought, like you said, only LA, you know. California, um, Carson and, and Utah, but he's like, nah, man. Like, he had a concert in Utah, and yeah. he said there were thousands in the crowd. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but they are, but uh, totally different, you know, different um, concept, but yeah, because like, that could work easily, and people love it, you know. Would you open a Polynesian restaurant or place? Because you can capture a whole lot of different ingredients as well. I, I think you would, yeah. and I think a lot of people that aren't. Polynesian will come to it to try it. So, yeah. Mm. And long as you, I think you, that's a good idea because you can make it friendly so it's not embarrassing or or thing for them to come in and, and try the food, you know, yeah. to make them feel welcome. Well, mm. I, and I guess the bottom line is if it if it's good, people will come, you know. Yeah. Hey, like if it's... Yeah, like I, you can I, make I, different drinks, you know, with mm. coconut milk or, yeah. you know... Yeah, yeah, I don't know, Charles, because like, like, man, like, I, said, I just don't know, I just don't understand why someone hasn't done it. Like, we, we, man, well, it's been it's been a long time. Must, no, uh, there must have been someone that's kind of tried it. Charles. I think there's hey. a lot of people that have have done it. Uh, but because, like, you know, you you would know that the restaurant business is really it's tough, eh? Like, it's I, a I think there's a stat, like, there's only twenty percent or something like that only of restaurants make it. Yeah. Because even if you stay open after a year, it's a miracle, like to stay afloat in the in the business. I mean, well, I mean, this was a long time ago, maybe ten, fifteen years ago, and I was talking to the manager, or just having a chat. I was like, "How much money do we actually make? How much profit?" And he was saying, "Out of every hundred dollars that was spent, we only make three dollars once everything's paid." 
Oh. Damn. But I mean, some people have a good recipe. Like, um, it all depends on what you want. Like, <clears throat> when I first started in my career path, I thought I wanted to open something really big and amazing. But now that I've grown a bit, I've wanted to open something smaller and more friendly for everybody, like family friendly. And like, I've known a cheap place like, um, where was it? In Bombay's, there was like a, you know, like the pits where you can stop and get gas. And and there was a, like a little cafe called Autobahn. And their food wasn't the best. Like quality was bad. But these guys were millionaires because they had so many people stopping in, having like a roast meal and then gone. Yeah. But the food wasn't the best. Yeah. But, but man, they... I know made the one you're a crap of money. Yeah, know? I know the one you're talking about. And then you think, oh, well, what am I working hard for? Training and learning, and these guys are not serving the best, but... Until McDonald's opens up next door, and then yeah, game then over. Game <laughs> over yeah. I think there was a Burger King on the other side, oh. but yeah, but... Yeah, but it's crazy. Because <laughs> mm. people do want a meal like that, though. Hey, you know, besides McDonald's, people want to have a sit-down meal and... I thought it was crazy coffee, when... You know? The lockdown finished and people were queuing in KFC and McDonald's. Yeah. I mean, mm. I wouldn't sit in the drive through for that long. You know? yeah. yeah. But I guess that was the... That's a bit more hype than anything. I reckon a lot of people were doing that because they wanted to do it on their social media. Go, hey, look at me. I waited here. You know, I'm one of the first people to to get in line. And mind you, that's why I used to be... Well, KFC in Japan was pretty good. Oh, yeah? yeah. I think I had the smokers board, I heard. Yeah, pretty... It's, <laughs> it's funny because for Christmas, they have KFC. Who, the Japanese? Japanese KFC and, and um, cheesecake. Hey! Oh. I because they're not really religious in that sort of point. Yeah, know? yeah. I think they're more Buddhist or, or monks as they mm. I don't know the word for it, for that sort of religion, but yeah. Mm. But it's crazy, yeah, KFC and cheesecake. So, that, so you wouldn't see the Santa Claus? They still put Santa Claus and the Christmas trees, everything. But they Christmas. just don't really acknowledge it, eh? Yeah. Oh. It's more for show, like yeah, they have yeah. it up, yeah. Yeah, but I know there's a lot of um, PI guys, especially playing rugby in Japan. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Kalolo was like you said. Kalolo was fortunate uh, enough to meet up with um, some um, other islanders over there, and I think we had an, an, another one of the also from Liston, Louis. Um, Louis over there too. So it's just crazy where you where you find all the boys, especially from West Auckland, like you. Was there like uh did you run into anyone around these ways on your travels out there? Uh um, was there a picture of what the hell how the hell am I meeting you all the way from Maybe uh a couple but couldn't meet up because it was so big, you know, like oh, okay. like uh one of the boys was in Ireland but I was still in Europe but it wasn't close, you know, like it's not like I was in the wrong part of um in Europe, you know. So oh, I couldn't okay. jump on a but whenever I did go to some place, if I knew there was someone, like you said, we went to France, I caught up with some of the boys that were playing rugby or just ended up living there, you know, like oh, reach nice. out or... Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Or even reach out. Like normally you find when you go somewhere, I've been, you've always met a... Of course, there's always Aussies, but yeah. you meet Kiwis. There's always like a, a Kiwi wherever I've gone, you know? Yeah. You know when you're working for Six Soleil, like... what. what was the tour like in seasons? Like you do the do the tour, then go back home. No, no. And so basically, it was always there was no stop. So oh wow, we would finish for us anyway. So say um, we'll finish a show, 
and it takes us like um, three days to break down the big top. So we have to feed the guys breaking it down. But the artists will get a week off. So they have one week off and it gives us time to transfer to the next city and then build everything up. Oh. So the only time, like I could take a holiday, but that was depending on, we had to take it during a, a run of the city. Okay. And then there'll maybe be three weeks a year that the whole show is closed because the artists would have their holiday then. But so during that three weeks, what would you be doing? Um, it's up to us. Like I could probably come home oh, okay. or depending where I was, I would stay there and just, just roam around. travel around. Oh, okay. Man, that's awesome. But it was weird because in Spain was a cool city, you know, main country. But like everyone looked at me and thought I was Spanish or from <laughs> Latin America. Hey. Or everyone thought I was probably Mexican because yeah. I had a big beard and I was like, <laughs> made a joke. I said, man, no girls want to talk to me because they think I'm from Mexico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they don't want pesos, they want euros yeah. because it's euros in uh, Europe, you know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like you speak Spanish to me. And we yeah. Learned a little bit, but not enough to have a conversation, you know? But Spain is a cool country, you know? Yeah. I think of people spawn in Portugal. So if you get a chance, like, the people are so friendly, like, it's like New Zealand, I, I believe, you know. They're family oriented, they love their culture, food, and even though you can't speak Spanish, they will still have a conversation, you know. Sort of like Japan, like, people are friendly, you know. Yeah. You know, it's cool culture. Did you do any, for yourself, did you do any, like, professional development, going to these different countries, like, learning different recipes and learn, learning different foods? Yeah, so we'll, we'll try, like, everywhere we go, we'll try and learn a local dish. Mm. But everywhere we went, we hired local uh, kitchen crew. Because okay. um, there's four of us that travel, and every city we go to, we hire local people. And having them there is good, too, because then they can try and teach us local flavors and techniques which is pretty cool mm. yep so how many like in total so you've seen i was just thinking no like you said the artists they have the week off and then you've got the guys that the crew that break down the the big top and then use that it takes you just three days to break down how many how many of the crew like do you, could you say off the top of your head like because that's a you know that's a you have to make sure that everyone's in sync because well uh, well all the artists and everybody there's um on our show there was 120, yeah. like permanent stuff, and half of that's probably artistic. And then you've got um, people that have their kids and partners on tour as well. Oh, okay. How was that? That, was, that must cool. be cool. Like, I mean, that was a cool thing because we have a school, um, and that was only for the artist kids, but it made it feel good because it made it feel like family. Mm. Well, family kind of anyway, but having the kids there kind of brought you back down to earth. If some people are a bit, you know, up themselves, it was cool to have the kids around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool, man. I didn't, Oh, uh, man, it'll be amazing. Like, some kids were speaking five languages, yeah. you know, because they're so small. Yeah, and they pick them up pretty... Pick like, them uh, up fast, yeah. Yeah. But it's like uh, the kids have to learn French because the company is French-Canadian, so when they have school, it's all in French. Oh, yeah. So what about you? How's your... Uh, How's your French? Oh, just hello, goodbye, thank hey. you very much. <laughs> hey. And all the bad words, and I don't know why, but I suppose, I don't know if you, about you guys, but every new language I learn, it's always the bad words, which is pretty bad, I guess. Well, I think that's because it's just, I think it's everyone, though, you know, like, 
I remember someone told, like, all the boys at school, they told me Filipino. Or they, I remember they go, oh, yeah, this means hello. And then I said it to someone in Filipino. They were like, what do you call me? <laughs> and I knew Shadow went, oh. It's like happened to me too. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> but I mean, some of the languages is okay, but I think I've been quite lazy because mm. we always have um, someone that can speak the language wherever we go. Mm. So in Japan, we had an interpreter that spoke English and... But all the higher, higher people that were Japanese could speak English, but yeah, yeah man, that was funny there. But it would be so tough anyway, because you know, you're moving, constantly moving, so to you to go, okay, I'm going to make a mental note to learn the language, and then you're moving, like you're, you're in Japan, next, you're in Germany or something like that, you know. Don't oh, but some places were okay, because Japan was like a year and a half. Oh, flow. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, would it take you for six months, uh... Then we did um, Osaka five months, and I think we did like Fukuoka, Sendai, and there was one more, Nagoya. And also we were quite lucky, we kind of went most around Japan. Yeah. yeah. But even then, that's a really hard language to learn, you know, but mm. I used to get a lot of X a lot, you know, you walk in and they'll give you a... Oh, yeah, like because of your tattoos? No, because they don't want to, they're not being rude, but like it's like, um, I think they're too proud. Like, if they can't speak English, they can, but they don't want to, you know, like it might be too much for them as well. Yeah, too much. So, a lot of us used to get the X. Oh, so that just means don't come in. Yeah, sorry, you can't help you. Yeah, because I remember Kalola saying that he went for a, um, he went to go to the sauna or something crazy like that. And they came and gave him uh, some sleeves or something or like sh- to cover up his um, tattoos because they thought it, was, it might be Yakuza or something <laughs> like that. It's weird, yeah, because they they still like that. Mm-hmm. Because obviously if they let you win, why can't they let them in, you know? Yeah. But I went to one, but it was right in the country, country. Right. And I even then I had to hide in the water if someone come, you know. My oh. friend was like, hide, 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 you know, like, hey. But you, you get it, man. Like sometimes it'll be, it was summer in Tokyo, so it's hot. So I'll be wearing shorts and a singlet, and I'll have my own bubble on on the seat <laughs> because they want to sit next to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being a foreigner and then having tattoos, you know. Like, yeah. It was hard. Like, it was either fifty-fifty, either they liked you or they didn't. Okay. Not saying they don't like people, but. Just the way they are. Just the way if you go and talk to someone, they'll yeah. either communicate back to you or they won't. Oh, no. Is this sound like a respect thing? Because they, they, they can't speak English, they don't want to embarrass yeah. you because yeah. they can't speak They can't speak English, yeah. yeah. I, I heard another thing when I was watching. Like, they're always saying, like, thank you. Or like, you know, they always bow. Like, there's a big thing, like, they bow when they see and they bow when they leave. Would you get into the habit of doing that? Like, were you always... Oh, for someone that was, if I was being respectful to like an elder, yeah, I would shake their hand and like bow, hello, nice to meet you. Yeah, yeah, mm. you know. But learning the cultural things because there's in the Asian culture is like baby PI culture because I think I was a certain age, so when I had to put someone had to pull the sake for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was older, so that person would like you had to hold the glass with two hands and. Oh. And the person will pour for you. How much? But a lot of things that I said, man, I'm not a small guy, and a lot of it was hard <laughs> because sometimes you had to 
sit down and fold your legs. Mm. Like, Man, I'm not built for this Japanese <laughs> sort of. <laughs> but they're very happy people. But yeah, yeah. I think they're proud, like you said, like if they can't, they can, but they're too embarrassed because they don't want to embarrass themselves. Mm. I said, man, you shouldn't. And men, they are like happy and always apologizing. Like I knocked over something off in the Seven Eleven, and the lady says, "Oh, I'm sorry." I said, "No, no, me sorry because <laughs> yeah, you done that. I done it, not you. But that's the way they are." Yeah, her thought was, "I I put it in the wrong place. That's why he <laughs> knocked it over." You and know? it's really that's weird. Crazy. Like that. oh, what a crazy mentality! Yeah. You can't leave any change because they would run after you. Oh, oh, so like you could say tip, yeah, yeah, but you had to tell them or else oh. they would think, "Oh no, you leave money," and they chase after you. Damn. You wonder about their mental health, these Japanese people. <laughs> well, they're so, they're so um, I like they're under pressure. Because yeah. aren't they like one of the top countries for suicide? I think, I believe, yeah. Because they've got that... Um, the, the forest. The, the yeah, forest. the forest. Man. I saw that on Vice. It's crazy, yeah, they do, because I think they believe if they dishonor their family, like, that's it. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, and they work. But that's why they don't have the subway 24 hours. Because if I think if they did... They said, like, too many people will be working every day. Oh. But, man, you'll see the businessman drunk, asleep in the restaurant. Because they've missed their train. So they'll be sleeping in, like, a, a bar or Denny's, you know, because they've got Denny's over there. So yeah. they'll be asleep inside. Just too, just too wasted. Because yeah, I heard that they have a big culture where after work, they go together with their workmates. And they, oh, and man, they get hoarse there. <laughs> <laughs> they get crazy. It's funny to see, like, you yeah. <laughs> I didn't think I was that bad, but did you? While you were over in, um, over in Japan, did you do you know about that um, sushi, like that master sushi guy um, Jiro? Ah, uh, yes. Did you have a chance to go and check out the place? No, or man, yeah. oh, okay, so booked out far in advance. Yes. Yeah. Oh wow. I mean, you have to be someone like really important to get in, and even then, you might not get in. Yeah. Oh, wow. But there's other places there that were kind of equally as good. But not him, but yeah. kind of still very expensive to buy, you know. His one was probably because he had the Michelin stars, eh? Like that was more like, was it just on reputation as well? Because like you said, there are places, if not like on par with him, and they just went, his one was because of his, it was him, eh? I think because of who he was. And, yeah. And, um, but I heard you can go and eat there and it doesn't take long because... You can sit, but it's not a place where you go sit for a couple of hours. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, like, you probably eat the sushi and and you're gone, you know? Mm. But, it, but, it, but it is because I think his quality is good. Like, I think when he goes to the fish market, he gets the first pick of what he wants. Yeah. So he can pick the best fish, you know? I remember just watching the documentary. Um, okay, uh, sushi. Have you seen it? No, but I heard oh man, you gotta watch it. It's it's on YouTube. It's um, on the subway. Yeah, yeah. His um his uh, thing is like it's weird. Like most of the subway stations, or or hey, what you say? Like um, yeah, most of the subway stations would have a big shopping mall. Yeah, and he's just in the corner. Eh? He's just underneath. But you know him. You know because how are you saying? Like he he goes to the fish market and you just see all the tuna that they. Pulling off and all the fishing, like that's just amazing, man. That would I be think, so cool. I to watch. think we were quite lucky when we were there because um, at the fish market, um, if you don't know anyone, what you have to do is early in the morning, like maybe three or four in the morning, you have to go line up 
and they hand out passes. And if you miss the cutoff, you have to come back again. Yeah. But because I think a lot of foreigners were being disrespectful and taking pictures of the tuna, you can't see that one anymore. That's prohibited. Oh. Only if you're buying. Yeah. But we were quite lucky. We went with our fish supplier. Yeah. So he knew someone. So we went in a side door and he said, stand here, don't move. And he took us for a tour of the whole thing. And, man, it's crazy to see. Like, you could see the quality of the tuna, you know, and... I guess it's just so cool because he's got they're just cutting through it and he's just looking at the the gradient and he's like the color like he's just breaking it down like okay this that feels like this or yeah the colors a bit you know it should be a bit and I was like damn that's like someone who knows like because he's been doing it for so long but he was like, I think his sons um, he's got two sons yeah yeah but I think his son has opened up a a uh, sushi place but not as high as his dad's but kind of still really good mm. Mm. and the older son still works with yep. him yeah but it's um, like you can go anywhere like there's so many restaurants per like next door there's another restaurant Izakaya like right there yeah. and yeah mm. but man like like if you love your ramen there yeah, man you, you should <laughs> I don't mean plan to go there you know you know in Japan they've got oh, so many different concepts of um Food dining experiences, huh? like I saw in a documentary, they have also have those chefs that have a private restaurant in their house, in their apartment. Have you seen that? Like well, Japan, yeah. Like you can what go, you like you go with your 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 partner or whatever, and you just go book a you go book a sitting, and it's at his apartment. And you go in the elevator, go up, and he's always he's got to set out the table, dining table, and he just cooks for you. Yeah, they got everything in. And my friend said, like, the Japanese people are smart because um, he's a, this guy was Italian and this guy only made pizza and he said he it was like he was back home in Italy. Oh. Like, they're very smart of kind of copying one thing and making it really well. Mm. Like, they're quite clever about what they do, their concepts. You know, it's, it's funny you say, like, because I watched, there's another, you know, when they do something, and that's what Chiro, his uh, motto is, like, if you do something, you have to do it to the best like it's every ounce of your ability and you've got to invest wholeheartedly into it. And like you were saying, like these, these guys must have went, okay, I'm going to do pizza. I'm going to learn as much as I can. I'm going to try and copy this, you know, try and get this as close as I can to the original uh, concept. So how you were saying, like they've done pizza and now it's like just as good over there. You know, that's that's just a Japanese way, the way, bro. Like yeah. they're like... Samurai styles, man. But to go back to ramen is quite funny, as you said, because like not everywhere does it, but they have the vending machine. So oh, yes, I saw that. So you get it and you pick, and a little card comes out, and you pick if you want extra pork or like a soy sauce egg or whatever. Man, I love the soy sauce egg. I always get extra. Yeah. And um, but then you give it, and, but then it's it took me a while to not care, and because first I was like, man, if he asked me something. I don't know what he's talking about, you know? Yeah. You know, but you just <laughs> got to get over that fear. And, and I've learned now, like, when you eat ramen, you slip. Uh-huh. That's the proper way to show to show that it's good and it's to the chef. Like, when you slip, you eat the noodles and you slip. Mm. Yeah. Oh, and I was thinking that because, you know, we slept at a restaurant here, man. Yeah. Like, you'd be like, look at this, you know. But So, in Japan, it's a sign of respect. Yeah. Oh, like you know, it's or just to show that you're enjoying. That's what you do. Like, 
And for most foreigners, they're sipping the, like, really soft, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe next time you eat ramen, if you have a look, if you sit down, see if anyone's kind of, like, slurping. Yeah. <laughs> like, people will probably look at you, but maybe the Japanese people would know you've been... They'll appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah, finally, not these rude guys are too quiet when they're eating. Can't judge whether they like it or not. <laughs> but it's like everything, man. Like, you can still get good food for really cheap. Mm. Like, um, 7 Eleven, man, they have the best um, egg sandwich. Like, they have egg with the Japanese mayonnaise and the bread. Mm. <laughs> for me, it's, uh, I don't really eat egg sandwiches yeah. or egg salad, but that I would eat. I think, um, what's his name? David. Is it David Chang? The um, mm. the the um, he said he, yeah. yeah. So I think he took Anthony Bourdain and he took someone to the Seven Eleven, and he goes, "This is like the best food," and he got them out of the vending machines and that, and he's going, "Man, you put this together with this, with that," and like they were just standing there eating food that they'd got. Which for us, you know, it's like a dairy, you know, a convenience store. Goes, Man, this is the best food I've. It is know. like you can get like they cook hot food, like could be like a chicken. Fried chicken mm. and everything, or but the they do like um in the giri, which is like rice, and sometimes I would have something inside with the seaweed around the outside, but it's good. You know, you can eat well, and it's like a grocery store or like a, a dairy. Yeah, you know, the FD Bourdain. This is, that's why his show was good because not only did he go to the fancy places, he went to the the back street places too, and. and Filmed in there. Well, the one thing I loved about him, and I don't know if you watched it, if you get Food Channel, there's um, Bizarre Foods mm. of Andrew Zimmer. The one thing I loved about him is he ate everything. <laughs> you know, you go to places, and you know, you see those other shows, like they'll be eating cockroach or, you know, so, and people are like, oh, I don't want to eat that. Gross. This guy, man, he's straight in there, you know? Yeah, because he was originally homeless. Oh, okay. Oh. So that's why he was homeless. So he, he used to eat everything, you know, because he had nothing else to eat. Yeah. But yeah, he was a homeless. Because oh, he was a drug addict as yeah. well or something like that, eh? So that's why he's got no shame in eating. Oh, yeah. I, I, well, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I thought the drug, I knew with that. I think I might have just read it briefly or something, but oh, I didn't know he was, um, I guess that's what, when you're homeless, man, you'll just eat anything. And But that's what I loved about him. Like mm. he would, you know, he'd go around the world. And he's eating when he ate sour and salmon. Yeah, oh, bro, takes a brave man to eat sour, man. Yeah, make sure you got some toilet paper nearby. Or, yeah, like he just eats. You know, it's cool. I, I just thought it was like that's what I love about that show and mm. Anthony Bourdain. It felt real. You know what I mean? It felt like, man, okay, this guy. And I think when you see someone eat someone else's food, like people, like they're putting their heart and soul, like they. They're sharing a bit of their culture for you, and you kind of if you if you don't eat it or you turn your nose up to it, you're like you know, mm. that's that's rude. Why'd you come to my country then if you're not willing to? Uh, did you ever eat anything exotic or anything out there on your on your journey, bro? Um, not exotic, but like a, I tried the um, I don't know what the name was, but it had the dead bird little. You know the baby bird uh, that's not born? Oh, the quail? No, no yeah, it's um, like... Um, I know the one you... Uh, bro, but it's, it's... And it's got the egg yolk, it's old. Mm. I didn't eat all of it, but I put a piece in my mouth, chewed it, and... and Kate, that's not for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, yeah, that's crazy. I, I, know, I know the one you're talking about, eh? It's like the one when you open the up, fetus, it's kind of... Um, yeah, the uh, fetus, like... A, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh. 
And they eat, and is it the Chinese that eat that or? Well, Chinese, I think they eat in Malaysia, so. Yeah. So but I've had the Chinese 100 year old egg. Like it's, it just look, kind of looks like um, you open it and it's either black or it looks like um, like set jelly. Like clear, but I, yeah. I, I mean, it's not horrible, but mm. I didn't like it, you know, but I wouldn't eat it again. What, what, what did it remind you of? Did you kind of... I think it was more of a something? textural thing. Yeah. Well, and why are they eating this? You know what <laughs> I mean? Well, are they, are they scared they're going to be in a bomb shelter or something for... I just think maybe they're just culturally that's the way they are yeah. because maybe they didn't have a way to preserve it. Yeah. Like a fridge, so that's yeah, what they used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when I was in, um, like Japan, everything's textural. So I had um, chicken sashimi. So raw chicken sashimi. Ooh. It actually was really good. Chicken sashimi? I haven't heard of that how, how did you have it without getting salmonella? Apparently it's really fresh. Like the chicken they get like there and then that day. But I went to a, a place that's well known. I didn't go to like a random yeah. side street. But it was actually really good. Like they did like uh, the breast. It was like the kidneys, like liver. Wow. And they like texture, so sometimes you eat like a meatball and it's got cartilage in it. So like chewing on a soft bone, like eating chicken wings. Yeah, yeah. Um, in Korea, I tried like there was little live fishes, so you have to eat them when they're still swimming around. But did they swallow a chew? Do you chew Oh, man, I just swallowed I didn't chew that one. I swallowed <laughs> it. <laughs> and I tried like it was um, uh, octopus as well and squid. And it's, they say it's still alive, little baby ones, but you can kind of see it like, I think it's more rigor mortis than it oh, being alive because you can still see it like, um, like moving. Scooby, it's like, moving, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's about as crazy as getting, you know, like. I'm just, I'm just still um, that um, chicken sashimi. Yeah. Like that yeah, you're right. The salmonella. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I wouldn't. Was, I wouldn't need it anywhere else. Only yeah, of there. course. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, there's yeah. that. There's that other place in Japan. Like there's that fish, eh? Like that poisonous oh, fugu. fish. Yeah. I've tried tried that, <sighs> but I mean, it's it's. Was it worth um, having the fifty fifty that there's a chance you might die eating it? Or I mean, I think it is. I mean, it's kind of overrated because it has no flavor. Yeah. That's oh. what you put with it. Oh, okay. okay. But I mean, before you even eat, the chef comes out and takes the first bite. Oh, that's reassuring. <laughs> <laughs> but even then, he could still die too. Yeah, like yeah. you don't, oh. you probably don't die straight away. Oh, okay. probably, you know. <laughs> I thought it was like, just eat it and chop. You know. Oh, okay, then, well, you know, he didn't cut that right. <laughs> but it's uh, very strict the way they do it. So it's, it's, I think, impossible for you to get sick or die. You okay. know, it probably will happen, but. Mm. The margin's so low, mm. but it's not cheap. It's expensive, man, to eat that. Because what does Louis do? Does he own a cafe or like a restaurant? And uh, I think he does. I'm not sure. I haven't. Um, all I know is that Kololo said that when he was over there, there was a lot of drinking and catching up with uh, a lot of other Kiwis over there. So yeah, yeah I think been, I didn't have a chance because yeah. is the wife a teacher as well over in Japan? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think she went over initially for. Modeling or something like that, and then he went over there. But I think he's been over there. He'd be about ten. 
Long time, yeah. Plus years. Because I know Will and Trina were saying, oh, you should catch up with Louis, but yeah, yeah. it just didn't work out. Yeah. Know, like, mm-hmm. Yeah. But I saw pictures of him and a few of the other boys catching up with him and they were in Japan, so it would have been nice. Yeah. Any plans on going back? I mean, uh, you know, you know, after COVID or... Because um, it sounds like you really, really did enjoy your time over there, Ross. I think most people will, because it's easy living, you know. Yeah. Mm. There's no stress. I mean, not a, if you're working in a, probably a suit job, yes, but... Because mm. I imagine you didn't have to... All you had was your suitcase. Yeah. So, so you didn't have to buy stuff for... Uh, we, we were quite lucky because, I mean, on tour, all I have to really pay for is um, food. Mm. So if I want to eat on my days off. Oh, okay. Because when I'm working, just eat, 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 eat at yeah. work, eat in the kitchen. Yeah. So... That's all you're spending your money on is, is groceries mm. or restaurants. Yeah. So you must have been like, um, while you're out, it's, were you just saving? Just yeah, just saving the money because some people were going crazy. Like yeah. every two days off, they'll go on some cool adventure. But yeah. mm. I kind of, the way I look at it is like when I'm there, I look like I'm, I'm believing I'm living there. So I don't take it as a, yeah. like a holiday. I kind of think, oh, I'm going to try and fit in as a regular person that's working there. Yeah. So oh, just going back to Japan, did you play their um, the game? You know, the one with the metal balls, the did gambling. Yeah, yeah. Because oh, where I lived in um, Osaka, it's huge man. Like it was a place called Number. Yeah, yeah. Man, it's there's gambling machines everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen them? So you no. get a, like a bowl. Hey, you get like a big tray of um, metal balls, and you just keep feeding them in. And to technically, gambling's it's banned. Because gambling's banned here. Yeah. But you take your, hey, they give you tickets or something, and then you go around a, a place that's around the back, and then you can redeem it for... For money. Yeah. But well, normally there's like a, uh, how do I say, like a Western Union place, like a ca- Traveller's uh, Cash Checks. So there's always a place like that next to a, a big lot of gambling things. So a lot of guys would put their money in and then, you know, get their money from there. Oh. Like you said, the same thing. Like, yeah. you know. Because gambling was illegal. Right? Yeah, but it's, that's the, they found a loophole way. Eh? That's the loophole is that you just go around the corner and you just redeem these cards. But they have like, you know, like if you go to places, they've got, you know, if you've got X amount, you can get this prize and this. And then, or you can just get the money, which is what people were. And like, I just saw the machines, like they're really real fans. Did you have a go while you were there? Well, I went in once, but like... Yeah. <laughs> I'm not much of a gambler, so yeah. I just went in to say, okay, let's have, have you a been here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, guess I just couldn't wrap my head around it because you're just putting the balls in and you're just trying to make them fall into little gaps. You know, you're pushing the buttons. But I was like, I wonder these guys just love species and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but it was a cracker, man, because most of they love, um, of course, they love fighting. So they knew, everyone knew, like, Ray Sefo or, uh-huh. or Mark Hunt, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Crack up. <laughs> Did you catch any um, any live sports over there? Um, Were you were there? I went to their baseball games. Yeah, that's they're huge. They're huge over there. Yeah, and really super polite. Like um, you can either go like the fans have their own part. Like away fans are there, home fans are kind of crazy ones are here, and kind of in the middle. You know. Mm. Yeah. But um, so respectful. Like one team will chant. And the other team will let them, and then vice versa. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> that must, you must have been sitting there like, 
Man, of all the, imagine if an All Black game was like this, or you know, you, like the things. Yeah, the atmosphere was cool, you know, and yeah. and um, loud and crazy, and you know, like, and the people were so polite. Like it was weird. Like I went to a first game, and uh, these couple hopped up and left their bag in front, and I told my friend, these people left their bag, and she goes, "Oh no, it's okay because and no one's gonna steal it or take it." <laughs> you know, and I said, yeah. "Wow, it's crazy," you know, like. To kind of think that way, you know, mm. like, but you know, like no one touched it. Was left there, like you can go to a cafe, put your laptop on the table, walk away, get your order, come back, and your laptop's still there. <laughs> like amazing, you know. And I said, all it takes is for a few bad foreigners to ruin that straight away, you know. Yeah. So it's like you slipped into an alternative, like a alternate universe there of. But it was cool, yeah. Like I used to, my friend used to laugh, like because uh, they had different girls, which is stupid, selling alcohol. So yeah. one girl <laughs> would sell asahi, like wear asahi gears. One would have kirinichi ban, or or like be another Japanese, like kind of mixed drink. Is that inside the bar? No, like inside the stadium. Oh, inside the stadium. Sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, these girls are pretty strong, you know, like running up and down with kind of not a keg, but close to a keg. Mm. Yeah, they put it in. <laughs> You know, you but mentioned you mentioned you, you spent a year and a half there, oh. Yeah. So, man, Sector Sale must be popular in Japan. Oh, <laughs> Japan yeah, yeah, been there uh, Japan, they love it. Yeah, so. Did you spend that long in another, another country, or was that the longest stint? That was the longest stint, like, I mean, well, like, say, I mean, not really, no, like, be, normally it starts off in North America, so we do Canada, US for, like, three years, oh, and yeah. you just go between, back and forth between the the two countries and then we came we did New Zealand and then we did um, Aussie for one year mm. and did Singapore but mostly it's like most if we do a big country normally it's about a year okay yeah, yeah. like Europe is like three years but in Europe it's kind of Go out everywhere everywhere kind of bounces in yeah. between but Spain we did Spain for a year but mm. Like we'll do two cities, and then like have a break, and then come back to Spain. Mm. But I think that's a lot to do with the the visas. Mm. Does the company initially know they're going to spend that amount of time in a place, judging from the the from the sales or? Ah uh, yes, yeah, so it's already pre-planned. So oh, it's pre-planned. Okay, but um, it's normally not, it's not like they they oh sold out, sold out, sold out until a year goes past. <laughs> No, no, no. So they, they book a space for a certain yeah. amount of time. Yeah. But, um. So you might have already, like, you know, before COVID, you might have already had your next 10 years or next maybe six, seven years. Um, so. Did they have it? Kind of, did they give you a. We had it already that? planned, so. Well, we had three more cities in Europe. And then we're meant to have a break back home for like a month. And then we're meant to be going to South America. But kind of closed down, so. Yeah. I think ideal they have a plan for a year. Yeah. But that could change, like something could come up and you could go somewhere else. But normally they have a one year in advance where you can have a look at where you're going to go. But you hadn't been to South America yet? No, yeah. no, never. So you must have been really looking forward to that. I was, you know, that was the only place I was looking forward to going. Yeah. Because I've never been there. So. Yeah. Brazil would have been crazy, yeah, you know. Because, you know... All those, pla- all those South American countries, but and I like their food as well. Like their yep. food is super good too. The barbecue, eh? Mm. 
Man. The Argent- Argentinian Zay, like the Argentina. It's weird because I love Argentinian barbecue. Yeah. But for me, like most of their meats, they cook a little bit more, and Brazilians cook it less. Oh, okay. So what do you mean by that? Like they don't as over. Argentinians more slow cook. Yeah, but Argentinians love their meat cooked more. Yeah, yeah. Majority of them, but yeah, like both both places, Brazilian Argentinian barbecue is. <laughs> man, I could eat that every day too. Yeah, but then, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the, the the cuts of meat are really good. Speaking of barbecue, man, you know, barbecue's been blowing up um, late, lately. Yeah, Especially here in New Zealand with the old cooking on the Weber. The slow cooking the is slow cooking slow. charcoal. We've got the uh, meat stock now happening every year down in Auckland. Um, when you were doing the North American tour, did you go to Texas and have the have the brisket and all that, or the slow cook? Uh, we barbecues? went there, yeah, but like it's different. Like some places. Like Texas barbecue is different to say if you went to, say North Carolina or somewhere like, but it's pretty mean like to eat like, I think a lot of places over there would probably go out of business if a lot of PIs and <laughs> you know went over there to eat you know because they don't realize like we can eat a lot and yeah. we like to eat yeah. especially if it's good because those different states have different specialties huh? yeah like I think the Carolinas they're good at pork yeah pork, pork. and um Texas is good at at the beef brisket oh, yeah, the brisket was like nice like this kind of like kind of melted in your mouth like mm. they've got it down packed you know yeah yeah, and then of course you got South America of their style just open fire oh. open fire yeah. yeah very good on the grill yeah yeah like Brazilians are the same like mm. kind of going back to the roots of cooking the old way you know mm. I know for me that's been my sort of like sort of like favourite now when it comes to, to, to barbecue um, how about you? How I, heard you? There's, I heard there's a couple of few good barbecue spots here in um, in Auckland now too. Mm. So I think you got down in um, Pukekohe. There's a. I heard there's a mean one down there. Mm, they got there's a, a big joint just open. Yeah. yeah, I think he used to. Um, he was cooking. I think he's one of Philly's boys. Oh yeah, he Anthony, Anthony Franklin. Oh yeah. 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 So he he was studying. He was down at the Viaduct, and then I think he went and opened up. I think it's Ox. Yeah. Blue Ox. Blue Ox. Yeah. 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 And I've driven past it. It's a nice, you know, it's really um, flash-looking place. I think they have the biggest um, mm. smoker or, or biggest barbecue pit in the country. Oh, nice. Like they got ordered it from overseas, I believe, yeah? Yeah, yeah. that's right, yeah. It sounds like we're finding all these new places we're going to have to go visit. Like, you know, like, yeah, Texas, yeah, like, I think there's one there, like, they got good barbecue. Uh, who else? Like, around um, Tennessee has good barbecue as well. Mm. Super good, and so these are cities you you yeah. you were at as well with the with the company. Yeah, like we'll just go there, and if we're close enough, I'll go. You know, drive drive there. Mm. You might just catch any um, NBA games while you were over there. Uh was... just just one. Oh, okay. Did you, did uh, it you was um, playoffs. It was Celtics versus some um, Miami Heat. So that's when uh, that's the year. Um, the Celtics won it because they had Kevin Durant, uh, Kevin Durant, uh, I mean, sorry, Kevin Garnett, uh, um, Ray Allen, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, Paul Pierce, yeah, they went to one of those games, yeah, man, and they hated LeBron, you know, yeah, 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 <laughs> but to see him live, man, he's actually a big dude, you know, oh yeah. man, he and he's it was fast, like yeah, running down the court, seen it up close, I think you could play American <clears throat> football, you know, he's that good, mm. you know, well, that's yeah. the one thing about him, like people forget, like. Um, see, he's six foot nine or six foot six eight, six nine, and he's a big body. And the way he moves, like 
I was telling someone like back in the days, remember Carl Malone? Like he used, they used to think he was like he was big because he was muscly and like he was. They've got the same specs. Carl Malone and um, LeBron James, they're the same weight, same height, but you wouldn't compare them as players because LeBron just seems a bit like like a upgrade of Carl Malone, you know, yeah. athletically. So, man, just man, that must have been awesome to watch that up close. Also. Yeah, it was cool, you know, like a good game, like especially being at the Celtics home ground. Oh, so you were at, yeah, so you, was it um, the Gardens? The Garden, yeah. Yeah. To be like at an iconic place like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but mainly we just, I watched like was more baseball games because depending where we travel to, the season, you know maybe the teams weren't as good. You know, um, baseball was fun, kind of boring. American football was pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like to go to like I went to my first official tailgate sort of. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> you're the second person that talk, brought up tailgate, bro. Yeah, man. Lucky Mariner said it it's crazy. amazing. And people don't even pay a ticket to get into the game. They just party on the outside, you yeah. know, and it's a good buy. People are happy. And some people are even cool. Like, you can put on your own food. And then some people are actually selling food. Like, you can go uh, drink with someone else. And mm. yeah. That's exactly I, what Luppy said. I eh? dream of a tailgating culture yeah. here in New Zealand. But then even, <laughs> I know they do big tailgates in baseball as well, you know, yeah. like... Yeah. But he said the cool thing about like what you said, like you'd be going from place to place and people would be sharing beers, sharing food, you know. Like yeah, because they were supporting the same team. Or, yeah, yeah. You know? As or, long as you're, as long as because he was a, his one was, he went and watched um, USC. Was it mm. USC he said? The Trojans? Oh, the, but like, yeah, even the college, the college ones are yeah. bigger, you know, like crazy. Mm. And got better vibes, yeah? Yeah. But no HLs, no way they'll let that happen here in New Zealand. No way. I think they should, you know, be cool because yep. I think we have the culture for it. Mm. I just like people said in New Zealand, uh, sometimes like even the All Black game, people are boring. Like they're not as much cheering as you would get if you went to like the US or Europe watching a football game, you know, like mm. kind of Kiwis. And I'm not, I'm not reserved, but I think if we had a tailgate culture here, it might be better because people will still be respectful, you know. And, mm. Maybe, yeah, it would be cool because everyone would be together, you know what I mean? Instead of having these little patches of people in different places, you'd be able to sh- share with other, like, like people who support the team just as much as you do, you know? You know, you could have a fan zone, make it super cool, you know? Mm. That would be awesome to have a tailgate you know, culture in New Zealand. You know, talking about culture, there's another thing. There's a lot of, um, it's kind of popped up, and I've been to, like, over the last year or so, it's a, there's a big food truck culture now in um, in New Zealand, especially Auckland, because I've um, been to I've been to about five or six different places. I went to the one in French Bay. There's one in Point Chev. Um, they even have one at Tiara to Peninsula, and that is that kind of like the way kind of people are heading towards as well, because it's easier to maintain a truck than it is to uh, maintain a restaurant. I think it is. I think you can still do really good food. Make a lot of money and it's not as much stress as you would in a restaurant. Mm. And it's cheaper, it's smaller to run, mm. you know, better for your overheads. And and it's more mobile, so you could probably, like you said, go to one city and then go somewhere else at another time. That, I mean, it would be so, you know, it would be so cool, like, you know, when you have uh, all black gangs and you just had food trucks lined up outside. 
they'd make killings, you know, like these places, would they? I think they would, but I don't know if the actual park itself would allow, would allow it. Yeah, that's the you're problem. You're probably going to take money away from from mm. there. But yeah, that would be a good atmosphere. Because, eh? I, mean, I mean, everyone loves a $10 hot dog from uh, the All Blacks. <laughs> and then $10 <laughs> chips, you know, because, you know, you just want to fork out, you know, 20 bucks for two items when you could get a really awesome meal from a food truck for something like $11, you know. I think not only the stadium, but the, the council as well. You've got to go through all those hoops. Yeah. A lot of permits, yeah. Mm. Hoops to get, get a spot. But I yeah. think if they did, it would be good. Yeah. Mm. Because you can still probably make money before the game. <coughs> and Obviously, people are still going to buy mm. inside too. Mm. And, but, uh, you know, that's that's one way to get the economy rolling on. I mean, you know, the this COVID thing, like, put businesses out of business and... You know the the government's concerned about our economy and how to get things running again. You know sometimes you got to look outside the box and 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 make things so people can do food trucks and get them around. Oh. I think that's the way to go. I mean, I know during summer, man, it's so cool. Like you're walking around, you know, daylight savings, so six thirty in the evening, and you've got a choice of all these really. Because I've I've noticed from the first couple that I went to. To maybe the last the um, last ones that I went to, the places, the standard of the food, all the new trucks, man. They've, I know, like, it's, it's just like the food's just too good now. Like you know, I, I follow one, this Filipino one, uh, Manila Eats. So you know, I followed them. You know, if they go somewhere and I'm close by, you know, I'll go and check them out, and they'll remember you. You're like, hey man, you're the guy who orders five lots of chips and eats, <laughs> you know, or something like that. You know, all the the burgers and that. But I just noticed that all the um, all the food is just picking up the quality, and that's that's the that can only be good though, Eels. It is, and that's a good thing, and and it keeps everybody on their toes because everyone knows what good quality is now. But before, not so as much. But now, hmm. you have to be careful, and it's good because it keeps you on your game, so you're not giving bad service or bad food, you know. Because like you said, if the food's good, they'll come, you know. Because I remember the other thing that I go for is the, what's the Spanish one when they've got the big... Um, Paella? Yeah. You know, that, man, because it's got muscles and all that kind of, all that. Mm. And I'm like, I'm in my head, I remember seeing it on one of the shows. I'm like, how does that work? You know, how can people eat that? And you've got the muscles and all that. And then I remember eating it for the first time. I was like, oh, I get it. You know, mm. this is this is what it's about. But you you know? can if you have a big pan. Make a big pan of it and just scoop it up. Yeah, like I've, if I get there too late, it's all sold out. And I'm thinking, I wonder how many plates they would have got because it's a massive, you know, it's I've, you'd never think of that concept. Like put all this, all this food because what's, what's the matter? Is, is it rice as well? Is rice, rice, um, chorizo, chorizo? But it can be. But the I think uh, the classic one is they use chicken and rabbit. <sighs> what's rabbit? To, what's rabbit like to cook? Well, to to cook with, it's uh, it's good. It's hard because it can go dry, so you have to be careful. Like it can be, like just takes a second for it to be bad. Mm. Oh, because it's quite lean. Yeah. Mm. So you need to add fat to it, or or either braise it slow or cook it fast. So you've kind of fine line, you know, like. Mm. So to have rabbit in uh, like that with uh, chicken, it must be. Would they have to throw it in late or at last or? I think they'll throw it near the end or okay. they would braise it. Yeah, okay. Mm. 
Well, it's super tasty. Isn't yeah. It? Did you have any good um, over in Spain? You must have had that quite a bit over there. Um, yeah, but everywhere you go is, is different, like regional cuisine. Yeah. Oh, regionally. But I mean, I love the, um, it's tortilla. They say tortilla, but it's like um, potatoes and eggs. So it's kind of like an omelette. And in the middle, it's meant to be really runny. Mm. But I mean, it's good because they have tapas as well. Yeah. So you can have little bites of everything. And But their seafood is really good in Spain. And their pork. You know, but yeah, but... Especially coming from New Zealand, when you hear seafood, eh? <laughs> yeah, as long as you've got some gout pills. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. And over there, it's cheap. You can buy probably a whole <laughs> fish for maybe like five bucks, mm. you know? For a meal, that's a meal. Hey. So it's super cheap, you know? What about mussels? There's one thing I noticed. Like, if you see all those British shows, and they're like, yeah, man, it's got these cool mussels in there, and they're small, and they're black. Yeah. And then you go... But you know, because we used Atlantic to, sea mussels. Yeah, and then we used to like, oh, wait, that's like not a muscle, man. Uh, green lip mussels, uh, you know, <laughs> you used to. It's funny because you're holding the hand, they're tiny as you. Wow, yeah, look at these small. massive muscles that I've got. I'm like, is she tricking or are they tricky? Because that ain't a muscle. Some of them are okay, yeah, but, but uh, I think yeah, I'm used to the New Zealand green lips too. But you can buy them overseas, but it's weird because they're frozen. Yeah. In the half shell, so they're not really fresh, but. Yeah, they're, they're, they're super tiny. I don't get that, eh? Is, oh, oh, I know there probably is a reason why, you know, the conditions and all that, but I'm just, that's just, we're pretty blessed with, so, with our seafood here, eh? Yeah, I think we are. Mm. But then, like, you know, you travel abroad and you come back home, you realise how lucky you are to be on this side of the world, you know? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Any plans to open your, your own restaurant? Or? Um, it's on the it's on the plans, like, I, I still want to do it, even... Yeah. Even with everything now, yeah. But like not being mean now, <laughs> but it's probably maybe better to do it now too because yeah, lot of opportunities here and you can find something that's maybe mm. you can afford now that you probably wouldn't be able to afford back then because Auckland is so expensive for um, retail space. Mm. But yeah, I was talking about food trucks before. Would that be a viable um, beginning? To do a food truck first then a restaurant or um, I think you could if you wanted to like kind of get your name out there and maybe trial and error like mm. maybe trial more dishes and and that way if it's not a success you can change it mm. opposed to maybe being in a restaurant and having a failure then you get a bad review oh, and then yeah. you're done you know yeah because I watched that movie Chef have you seen that Chef movie yeah. Chef yeah, that's, good movie. yeah, yeah. Cool, man. yeah. that's an awesome movie yeah, yeah. and like Wait, wait, it sort of that, inspires you. Is he, would he really be married to Sofia Vergara in real life? Or I'm oh, just saying that's you know when I say that, oh that's really his wife. Nice, good work. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you never know. Right? <laughs> yeah, no, no, <laughs> American dream right there. Yeah, no, that was a good movie, man. That's or movie. something like um, some places in the US didn't have food trucks, but they had like a caravan or something permanent fixture. So kind of like in Brisbane with with um. What is it, um, Each Street? Like that sort of vibe, you know? Like it'll be a certain area, but you know, you're just fixated there. Mm. Is it kind of like the white lady? Like, would you say, like, it's on a, kind on a of street, but it's just. Like, like it's kind of like that, but yeah. yeah. Like in the area when yeah. I was in Portland. Super cool. That's yeah. such a cool idea, man. Like, mm. maybe somewhere in West Auckland. Like, yeah, more maybe. communal. Like, yeah. it'd be cool if you had someone that had a bar. And a couple of other different bars or restaurants in something where you could everyone can come together and 
Yeah, I think they have that there in Kumu. There's a, um, oh, yeah. a, beer, the, a beer spot. The um, beer spot. No, they, they have no, the in um, Hobson Hall. Whangapuroa? No, somewhere out, like um, I've been to the I've been to the beer spot. No, there's is two. It? There's one in oh, okay. North Shore and one in North Shore. I've been to the one out North Shore. They have uh, the food the trucks there. Yeah, yeah. They they have alternating food trucks. That's eh? the, what is it called? Um, little creatures? Is it? Oh, that's a Hobsonville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's such a cool idea too. Like it's promoting. I ended up out there because me and Tully we wanted to get a um, Dixie barbecue. So they had the Dixie barbecue that would be up here on uh, Palomino. Hey, well, what was the uh, Western Heights? What's the uh, primary school up there? Yeah, Western and they'll be up there every up there. Thursday. Mm. So this guy told me about it. I went up and man, I've got a you know this is this is the goods. And then I saw them advertising that they would be at the beer spot. And then I found out like the beer spot because it's it's all the local guys that have their own beers in it, and it's got thirty different local beers that people are making. And not only promoting that, but they're trying to promote food trucks as well. And so they have um, different food trucks come in every, was it Sunday, eh? Mm. Every Sunday? And I thought, man, that's such a cool idea. But if they had more space, they could probably have four or five places like that, eh? That, why don't we have something like that here in... Well, for starters, the trust was blocked. Yeah, of course, stopped, eh? yeah. I think because they're in Kimu, it's outside the boundary. Just outside, too. Just yeah. outside the boundary, so they thought... Yeah. That's, how, that's why um, the Super Valley was able to <laughs> keep functioning over the uh, COVID. Yeah. But was that on your mind as well? Like the trust, how they control the alcohol? That's a little bit hard to hear because yeah, you licensing. may be restricted on yeah. what you can do. Mm. But I mean, if I did do a restaurant, I mean, ultimately, West Auckland would be nice, but it would probably be more suburban or somewhere in um, Auckland itself. Mm. But then, like you said, the food truck is good too because you're more mobile, so you can get your probably um, brand around a bit better. Mm. Like, you, like you said... On social media, I'm going to be at this place, and then next time you can be South Auckland or you could be yeah all around different places to kind of get your brand out there. Well, that movie Chef sort of gave you the blueprint of how to do it. Like that's what yeah, he did because, do social um, media and all that. I think that was based on a um, Korean guy from um, uh, Roy. If you probably he's probably on some TV cooking shows here. Mm. Um, he's a Korean guy that kind of where the idea came from. And started a humble beginnings as a food truck, made it, and now he's got like restaurants all over LA, Las Vegas, just from having a good food truck. Yeah, man. But yeah, you can, you know. If you, but I think it all comes down to if you've got a good formula, mm. you know, and just be prepared, I suppose, to work hard mm. because it's probably not going to be easy because nothing good is easy, you know. So. It would be probably easier to do a food truck or somewhere mm. stationary. You know, before your experience overseas, like that time, you were f- the Circus of Soleil, coming back to New Zealand, like, you must have a whole lot of ideas in your head what's, uh, yeah, what super, comes next. Super, super cool because you get to see what's happening around the world or where you are mm. and kind of get ideas from that and think, oh, man, how can I bring it back <coughs> here, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's given me ideas and... I mean, ideally, I was looking at coming back at the end of next year oh, yeah. and kind of doing something then. Mm. Ideally, but now I might be sped up because of everything that's happening. Mm-hmm. So, because I, I'm thinking like how we talked about the the tailgate culture in America, like some of the ideas probably won't work in New Zealand because of different culture, different with we have different rules here and stuff. So, I guess 
you might think of a cool idea you've experienced somewhere, but come back, oh, it'll be harder to do it here, sort of thing. I think it would be, yeah, like you mm. said, like I think um, some place in America probably a bit more, even though New Zealand's an open country, they might restrict on what you could do. Mm. Like I, I suppose with the licensing, like you probably couldn't do it if there was a home game here because of the trust in the West, you know, like you couldn't mm. probably sell certain products, you'd have to sell what they kind of want you to do. Mm. But yeah, I mean, it, I suppose it would be hard because you'd probably have to kind of adapt, I suppose, your idea to being back home, mm. you know, or having a good team behind you to kind of brainstorm and come up with a, with a better concept. Especially a country like the USA because, you know, they're a big capitalist country. They're all about making money. And like, I don't know, they probably bend the rules to... To make money sometimes? I think they and would, think, yeah, to be more open. Yeah, yeah. Over here, it's like you got the hygiene rules. You have to have an A, B, C, or D on your front door at your restaurant. And those rules are probably 10 times as bad as overseas. Might be easier. I think overseas so. Than might here, be easier kind of because um, <laughs> I think there's so much change depending on what area of the country you're in. Mm. But I think New Zealand is pretty much one rules for everybody. Yeah, so, yeah. like, say if you're in America, California will be different to, mm-hmm. like, um, Nevada or, or like, New York or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. With the, I think New Zealand's harder because it's one rule for everybody. Yeah. But, yeah. Like, um, little things like, I've seen, a, I went to a commercial bay before it closed down, and I saw a place where you pay a set price, and you can go help yourself as many times as you want to get a drink. Like, you pay for a certain drink, and... But over US and that it was normal, like you could go to a, a pub and pay, I don't know, 20, 30 bucks and there's like maybe 30 taps and you can just go pour your own help beer. Yourself. Help yourself. <laughs> where, where much is this? <laughs> you know, and yeah. like you can probably do a concert here, but you'd have to find a way uh, to, to manage it. Uh, I think it would yeah. work. I don't think people would get too drunk, you know. like I think what killed it for New Zealand was that binge drinking culture that came out in the news and everywhere sort of like made all these rules happen that's why I have, that's why um, bars don't open 24-7 anymore I think based on that like that whole binge drinking culture they had to shut everything down I think it was like too extreme like sort yeah. of killed the culture as well there's a whole bu- there's, there's a bunch of bad people but there's a whole bunch of good people too like there's people that ruin it for other people and like they just they just blanket the whole thing out of everyone you know yeah, it's kind of near, like it's not fair you know yeah yeah that sort of like stop opportunities or a whole lot of opportunities for entertainment and the entertainment industry because there's probably so many concepts you could do but hmm. but probably now your hands are tied because of all the regulations yeah that's right and I think I remember we talked about on Empty Out the Clip there was these studies that came out that well, kids, um, are, kids are not drinking as much yeah, as before yeah. oh well so that the numbers were coming down now. and I think because you know the prices of alcohol and bars were going up other than that like I think the numbers have gone down now so the spin drinking culture that was a big deal back in the days, like it sort never of really was made everything like you know. Yeah, I didn't think it was bad as some other countries. Yeah, mm, yeah, exactly. But then other countries probably have it, but don't. Um, you know, not that bad, eh? But it's crazy. Some bars over there, like it's free pour. Yeah, yeah. Like you can just say, "Yep, stop when you know." You could pour the glass all the way there if you, you know. So little things like that, like uh, culturally, I don't think you could do it here. No way. Um, no, 
But yeah, most people now would probably drink before they go up because it's a lot cheaper. Yeah. It's that preloading initiative that they gave it, was it? Mm. Well, the kids were getting wasted before. Trying to stop what, flights and stuff yeah. like that? Yeah. Mm. And it was just, yeah, because of the cost of alcohol. I think a lot of things, kids these days, they've kind of like, culture wise, they've changed. Like back in our days, it was cool to go catch up with the boys, have a yeah. beer, you know. <coughs> get a box in that but I think some of the kids these days they're, they're just either catching up online or you know they've there's a lot of, there's a big gaming I don't know what kind of percentage that is but a lot of these kids play more games than they would like us, us we were, you know we were more like because we've, we were used to growing up always going out since we were young this, I don't know if the culture coming up they're more like a they're more comfortable staying home than anything else you know mm. Yeah, true, yeah. But I think it just happened when we're in Australia. Like, that's when they were changing the laws, especially in Sydney. Like, I think it was after a certain time, midnight. I think the only place you could get a drink was the casino. Hmm. Or you could go to some other suburbs, but it was weird. Like, we're at a bar, and I think it was nearly midnight, and we weren't allowed any... Um, there was no shots, or all the drinks had to be mixed. Oh, yeah. So, like, say if you like whiskey... You can go kind of have a, well, say if it was a nice 18-year-old whiskey, you couldn't have it neat. You had to mix it with um, a mixer. So it was a waste of money. You don't want to waste the, uh, you mm. know. You know, and that was crazy, you know. They spent time in um, Ireland? Because they've got big drinking culture there. <laughs> We're in Ireland. In Ireland. Did you spend time in there? Uh, just for a holiday. Oh, okay. Yeah. We went in, uh, one of the guys wanted to go and do like um, the Guinness course. Like you can pay money. Uh, do the tour and they teach you how to kind of pour the perfect pint oh. <laughs> well super cool culture there people are pretty cool and mellow and they like Kiwis you know because they love the rugby there so and, but Scotland's really cool Scotland? yep for the not for the weather no nah, not for the weather <laughs> man it's all grey every day you know? yeah. but it's super cool you know like um yeah, most places we've been like uh, been pretty accepting if they find out you're from, you know, New Zealand, you know. And do you miss it? I think I do, but I mean, I'm still working on other plans now, mm. just in case it doesn't happen. But if an opportunity comes back up to travel next year, I'll probably go and do a little bit more saving. But then, hopefully, if everything does go well, have something. Back here too, but then it's a process of um, finding a person or someone I trust to be here while I'm away. You know. Yeah. So, do, so do, do you miss the restaurant environment? I do, yeah, because yeah. it's a good feel and it's a it's a good vibe. You know, like mm. I've been out to eat a couple of times when I came back, and it was just a good vibe. You know, like um, sitting down, eating, talking, uh, and you could see the chefs in the background, like a busy, but yeah, you know, everyone else is eating, but I'm looking at the kitchen. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> seeing what's going on. You know, yeah, kind of. You know, or well, I'm if I go to eat, I'm always just looking. I'm not judging the place, but it's always fun to see what the kitchen's up to. You know, how different things work, how different yeah. places work. Hey, eh? and getting ideas. But I'm not a judgy person when I go and eat. You know, like I don't complain. Because I was going to ask you, like, what place do you recommend out west for good for good food? Good. Oh, yes. Well, have you been food. to any places out here? Because it would be hard to say anything if you haven't really tried any. 
Please don't I mean, not not recently, but I don't know. It's hard because everyone said, um, I don't know, like at West, it's been a while. Oh, what were the shows that you went to while you were back, though? Did you did you go more into Central? Did you go more Central, yeah. Okay. Mm. Or Kingsland and stuff. Mm. But, I, I mean, I do hear there's heaps of good, um, like even good ethnic eats out in uh, West Auckland, you know? Apparently well, there's this place, um, you know where the um, concourse is? You know where they go dump the rubbish at the end of... Um, Are you talking about Mexican? the concourse? Oh, yeah, Mexican place. Yeah. I saw the place there. Um, uh, no, I've seen it. Everyone said it's like... Yeah, legit. I just saw it on the paper. There's a write-up. And I was like, this couple come and they thought um, they'd open, you know, cause they, because of how expensive it was, they just found this nice place done. And, um, mm, I think the write-up we went for you. Five guys. Oh yeah, I think they were there. Yeah, but I read it up. I read it, and I think it was like a, not. I think it might have been Metro, or one of those kind of mag, um, magazines, and it was just a couple that came in, like they said in the middle of nowhere. They've got the, probably the best, one of more authentic Mexican. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. Mm. yeah, but apparently someone told me there's, a, I don't know if it's out of a house, but there's a ice cream gelato place at the back of Palomino. Oh, like. I don't know, but apparently they said it's really good okay. ice cream and gelato, like good flavors. And I think so. That might be our aim, mate, to just try and find these little gems out west mm. and try and I think um, bring them up. At least I brought one up, the one there, Henderson, beside Henderson High. Oh, uh, the grounds. No, um, um, epic eats. No, so epic eats. Epic, yeah, 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 yeah. Have yeah. you had? Have you been there? No, my cousin said his, he goes there uh, quite a bit, and he um. said the. The food's good and the burgers are good. Like it's worth it, you know. Yeah, yeah. you get value for money. Mm. Yeah, epic eats. Yeah, he said that. He only brought up because he was on a weight loss challenge and then they went and it was too early. They had to go settle for somewhere else. So, <laughs> mm. yeah, but that's in like at the the back there, and yeah, they've got a little makeshift area we can eat and stuff. Apparently, it's pretty good. Mm. See, it's these little things, eh? These little places. Like little gems with the other fire. Mm. And you'd appreciate them too, you know, because you've been, you've tried um, food all around the but world. But that's so what it is. Like you said, the little gems, like mm. some of the best meals I've had, it hasn't been at a fancy yeah, restaurant, yeah. somewhere small, mm. like a mum and dad place or somewhere in the middle of nowhere, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Especially in like in the US and that. Like it's like at a strip mall, you know, on the outskirts of a city, but yeah. it's good food, you know? You know, and even now, there might be a new job. Yeah. That's going around <laughs> That's eating, it, eating, trying new places <laughs> and posting about it. Right? Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny, like, you have all those um, influencers, all these people on Instagram that put, put, about their, put up their reviews and then it could be something, you know, you could try and get up there. Especially if I've got you uh, nearby, we might have to give you a call and we'll go out there and try these places out, man. Definitely, man. It's good, to be, it's good to see you again, man. I think when was the last time we caught up? Uh, would have been, mate. Would have been the round of the Kmart days. I think so. Yeah. After that, I would have been out someplace else or somewhere like that. Yeah, know? probably through town. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or bomb shelter. Bomb shelter. <laughs> bomb shelter. Yes. Or um, base bar. One of the good, good memories. The Spencery bar might have been. Might have checked that in there somewhere. <laughs> but man, it's good to see you. Uh, yeah, good man. to see. Um, you're doing well in life, Wolves? Mm. Yeah, yeah, doing good. I'm happy, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Good to hear what's coming up with you, man. Well, I'll, I'll keep you guys posted, you know. That's that, that's the plan, like, whether I go overseas or stay home is, is to have something next year. Mm. 
whether it will be uh, like a restaurant cafe or 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 some sort of institution of helping helping people or some way, you know. But it'll probably be, be easier to be able to help younger kids, you know, or build a, even building a school at West Auckland, you know, a little tertiary school. Well, we know? need we need we need something like that, man, and. It'll be so awesome to have one of you know West West Auckland Sun come and then do do that. I don't I don't think there's anything more inspiring than have someone come back and, and share. It's always always nice to kind of help and mm. give back in some sort of way, you know. Definitely, man. Hey, thanks for coming on board the one three five bus, brother. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. <laughs> no, man, anytime, it's been a man. Pleasure. Yeah. No, it's good to see you, and uh, man, good luck to the future and. We'll definitely have you back on board uh, you know keeping up with your progress and just seeing you um just bigger and bigger bigger and better things also thank you very much and i look forward to be invited back and hey. keep you updated yeah thank you very much <laughs> that's us man all right Bye. cheers man that was two and a half hours was it? I'd like maybe.